Bitteschön. Dankeschön. Sponsor us, White Oak. <lacht> Weiß auch. <lacht> also, was hast du, wenn du das letzte Mal getrunken hast? Aber es wäre mein Birthday. Ja, ich habe vergessen. Ich habe vergessen, ja, exakt. Mann, Philipp ist Hose, geht mit White Oak, ja. Ja. Wir gehen mal blind, sing du. No, they had this rum that came out called 10 to 1. And I know, I know you know about it. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to reach out to them and be like, yeah. What do you mean? Take it like a champ. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, they're trying to pen Jetty Mark with all these rums. But they have, the only rums they have in Europe is just real offensive rums with mm -hmm. names like Plantation and things. <laughs> <laughs> and then like just American rums, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so this is our first all Trini podcast. Shout out Adrian, nice. the dog. Good welcome, afternoon, good welcome. afternoon. Thank you very much. Afternoon, afternoon. <laughs> so tell us, I mean, it's interesting how we all got here, you know? And I feel like it's always nice to meet someone who is also also feels like Berlin is not just a step for them. Yeah. I mean, at least for a while. For sure. I mean, we all think of retiring in Tobago, you know what I mean? <laughs> Or retiring yeah. back home. And it's a funny coincidence that you all went to the same high school, right? Yep. And the same primary school, yeah. Okay. Well, But not the same year. No, like three years above me, I think. Okay. How old like are you? 27, 28 okay. this year. Cool. Yeah. 28, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. three years. But it's funny, you really realize how small Trinidad and Tobago is, that because the three of us are kind of like by chance here, but still already yeah. connected back home. Definitely. Yeah, when somebody was like, yeah, you know, like, I can't remember how I found out, but it was like, you know, people call it by their full name, which is something I realize we do that nobody else yeah. really does, because you can't really call someone by their full name and have people be like, oh, him, unless you're talking about like Michael Jackson, yeah. you know what I mean? And somebody was like, yeah, yeah, isn't Adrian Welsh there too? Mm. And I was just like, yeah, 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 well, I mean, yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hearing my old name, honestly, it feels kind of weird. Remember hearing it from um from David sometime around Christmas. He was like, yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> David who? Yeah, uh, Clark. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, I think Andrew was telling me Kyle Delzin is in Berlin as well, too, no? And I was like, I have no idea. I mean, I thought he was in Trinidad. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I see yeah. him just the other day. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it was real interesting. And then, like, we met, and I don't know, I, felt, I feel like I, I meet a lot of people... Well, a lot of Caribbean people who come to Europe or, you know, go away. And then a lot of times it's just like a stop on, you know, in their, on their journey. And then they, they go off or they're not sure or whatever. And Germany is a weird one. Like Germany is a weird, Germany is a weird flex, like being Caribbean, you know, because we don't have Caribbean islands, you know what I mean? And I mean, of course, like people from like the French islands will obviously go to France, but they're different. They have European passports, but like we yeah. obviously gravitate to cities that speak English. It's always the UK is full of, of Caribbean people, you know, yeah, yeah. If it's where there's diaspora, people who have been there, yeah. people who just moved. I know a lot of people who moved after high school, but Berlin yeah. really doesn't have like a Caribbean scene at all. At all. Exactly. Apart from like you know everybody. most of the people that you all introduced me to. And yeah. yeah. It's a weird flex. <laughs> it's a weird flex. Yeah. So, so why, so given that you also made the, the decision, at least for now, that Germany is going to be home. Well, why, why did you come to, why did you come to Berlin? Well, have you made the decision? I mean, is it because you're studying now, right? 
Yeah. So studying architecture now again for the second time, fortunately. Same. Um. So bachelor, bachelor. Yeah, another bachelor's. Mm-hmm. First bachelor's was in economics. But I mean, like I always thought that if I was to study again, I would always want to come to Europe. And when I first graduated, like I remember hearing all the stuff about Germany having free education for internationals and and all of that. So like I did more reading, more research on the whole topic, and I was like, okay, yeah. Although I don't think I'll ever study again. If I do, Germany is the place. Um, COVID hit twenty twenty. Football was. Honestly, going pretty well for me at the point. Because that was a big part of your life. Football was where your focus was. Football was my entire life, yeah. Like, literally just got called up national team that year. Um, shit, boy. Two weeks oh, late, pretty Canada-friendly, too. And I was just like, yeah, boy, when I be playing against Davies and them fellas. Two weeks later, first COVID case in the country. Shit. A week later, country shut down. I was like, hmm, at two weeks, at three weeks, I mean, you know, we'll be back at it. And... Yeah, after two years, I just like I had to give it up and decided to study again. Mm. And the, honestly, it wasn't really a case of Berlin for sure, but Germany. Like I didn't know anything about Germany, didn't speak German, nothing. So you moved there directly without ever coming to Berlin as well? Yeah. Okay. Like completely new, yeah. knew nothing about it. Didn't know like it was like music scene behind it, um, the culture behind it, yeah, nothing. And, but I mean, I guess I'm, I've, gotten accustomed to just moving moving around the place and bouncing around for the last 10 years or so with, mm-hmm. with football especially and so like it wasn't all this was yeah scary a bit but it wasn't a deterrent mm-hmm. and yeah that's how I just ended up here and honestly I felt like I've settled in pretty quickly and well obviously I, at least I knew some trainees here already so it's it's easier to settle in and like I also had some classmates and teammates from Coastal, my second school in the US, who live here now. Oh, you're nice. So it's been a pretty smooth transition. In. Yeah, and I mean, you nail the language quite quickly. Yeah. I've heard you speak German, it's very <laughs> immaculate for somebody who's been here for what, two years? A year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. I mean, I wouldn't no say immaculate. <laughs> I don't try, so I mean, if I was to try, you know, you'd be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. I hold him back, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, that was the effort. I mean, uh, yeah. I've given in to something like an idiot the majority of the times. So what? Mm. Say what? I have to do, have I've to been do. here for 12 years and I've known the language for 29 years and I still sound like an idiot half the time. Like, yeah. I highly doubt it. I issue is that my accent sounds like if German is my native language. But then German has all these versions of how you say the. You have daddy, das, dem, den. And we're aware. Even we're very even. aware. But you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> and, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so when you mix it up, but you sound like your accent is perfect, but your grammar is terrible, then you just it's sound strange. unintelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound dumb. <laughs> <laughs> They're not That's like, oh, she just got off the plane. They're like, what? <laughs> just confused. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Like, because it's you just, didn't like school too much. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like it's just practice. It's I suppose. Just, well, it's like you. Um, even Germans can't really explain the rules half the time. You know, it's just kind of like you learn it as you go along, and then you you kind like I kind of made an effort to learn the rules and stuff, but it, it's it's intuitive. Yeah, yeah. And then I just get it intuitively wrong a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah, that's it. I feel I feel the same way. I feel like a lot of people. And you hear them speaking, like they'll be like, like one time I'm definitely hearing you say it this way, I guess, mm-hmm. and I hear you say it the next way one time, and then you ask them to explain it, and they're like, well, you know, it's just, 
<laughs> then like you see them like like fumes just coming up they know start to process it kind of yeah. you know what i mean like wait now you're yeah. right it's a hard language it's a hard language to learn yeah oh, cool. but i mean giving up football must have been really tough boy because i mean i i also play tennis i play tennis to uh well that was my sport i was good but i don't think that i was i mean I don't think I was like the best of the best or one of the best, you know, I was, I was up there in the country, in our very small country. But what I'm saying is I know what it's like to love sports so much, you know, and to get to that point where you were so close to, to go. I mean, also, you know, football in Trinidad also needs some help, you know what yeah. I mean? And it comes with some, you know, you also have to make some sacrifices, but it's, it must have been very hard to give up on that, on that dream. No? So, of course, I mean, literally, I think the year, uh before that, well, a couple of months before, I was in Portugal, so on trial in Portugal at that point. But, I mean, a couple changes. I mean, as time progresses, um, goals once change very quickly within the football world, so they no longer have you in mind. They no longer see you as part of whatever they're trying to do. It's like, you're always constantly looking for, like, what is the next step? What is the next club? And moving on. And, um, yeah, also, I had similar experiences in Belgium when I was... 18 so just before i started university and it's it's very difficult coming from anywhere else far less alone the caribbean to europe to play football eu players always get first preference it's you have to pay foreigners a minimum to be able to take those foreigners because they want the focus to be on eu players mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you come from so at that time in belgium for example it was 80,000 a year for an 18-year-old, 18-year-old, uh, sorry. And, yeah, I mean, it's, you have to be really good to be in an 80K a year in a second division Belgian club, so. Yeah. Mm. yeah it was rough. And there was no um, no possibility of, like, waiting out COVID and playing in Trinidad? That's the thing. Trinidad has such bad planning overall. Yeah. Especially when it comes to sports. Sports is still seen as a... All right, well, let me just let me just come together. You know, we'll plan we'll plan one, one or two sports day. Uh, uh, intercom. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll cut a little ribbon. You know, open a little playing field, and you know, the community happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a community thing, not yeah. a professional thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's still looked at like that. So, I mean, you have no professional sports in the country for two and a half, almost three years. Yeah. So the league just started back a month ago. And literally the last time the league was um, was going on was my last game in Trinidad was March 13th, 2020. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's a long time for professional athletes to just be there, sitting, doing mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. So I definitely think it was it was time to give it up because, yeah, I mean, you're just home. Like, you're just wondering, like, what is going to happen to, mm-hmm. like, you after a year and a half, you're like, nah, this is way you're too long. detrimental to your mental yeah. health as well, like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, and then I'll, yeah, I mean, because then everything was closed, so gyms gyms were closed, and then it's like, I mean, I guess you could go outside if you have to. You but know home what I mean? was closed for long, 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 and you couldn't even really be outside in like groups and stuff. Like there was definitely no training. I mean, yeah, I remember last time I went in November twenty twenty one, it was still fully on lockdown. Like beaches were still closed and stuff, and this was a year and a half after COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Literally, so like almost everywhere was closed, although I would say I didn't have it as as bad when it came to that because well, the national team was training on Zoom call at first and then they were the only team that was allowed to train in the country. So like, that kind of helped a bit 
in like this was around June 2020, so same year, just a couple of months later. And also because I was playing with Defense Force, I was I mean I was always able to use the gym on um, military base in Shagramas. Mm-hmm. So I'd just always be there whenever it was open. Which was more often than the other gyms at least. So mm. it was better than nothing. So at least you get a little size. Yeah. Okay. And how did you um like I mean architecture mm-hmm. is a big jump from economics. Yep. What made you decide to do that switch? Like, did you do? Yeah, because TV a lot of guys I know they were like athletes or into athletics, study things like um, sports science yeah. or, mm-hmm. or, or something along those lines, so they could stay in that industry. So, I mean, you did econ. I mean, why did you do econ to begin with? Honestly, like, I have changed like what I've been studying or wanting to study so much. I feel like econ is one of those trinity subjects that you just <laughs> study. You know, it's like econ, <laughs> engineering, medicine, law. That's how you get a job. Mm, similar, although I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't say like my dad was too was too excited about the econ part, mm. but like he always sees had me in mind as you know the engineering side of things, and like, that's what I applied to. Like when I initially wanted to go away to school to do civil engineering. Um, I ended up getting a scholarship with my first university to play football. So what I was going to study kind of came after, mm. after the fact that, okay, I'm going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What do I study? Pick a subject. Yeah, yeah, because the U.S. does that, right? They give you a year to kind of, you do general courses. Essentially. So like I was able to switch between them within my first year, mm. my first year or two. Um, so I actually went to study actuarial science. Oh, good. <laughs> good. I figured that would be the you know, response. Um, you were close with you know Drew right yeah he was he went to convent yeah he well. went to convent yeah. as well so like Drew I was in um, in St. John's with as well and he was the one who advised me he was like boy you sure you want to do this <laughs> Israel. I mean like I did maths because I also did engineering and I also did maths and physics right up right up to the top um, and I loved physics I think physics was was the best subject it just clicked in my brain um <clears throat> Math, even though physics is math, or math is physics, or whatever, you know, math gets to a point where it's so theoretical and so abstract and so, you know, that mm-hmm. at least for me it started to lose me. And then, of course, it gets very difficult, you know, as you, as you go up. Mm-hmm. And I think past a certain point, like when I was in university doing engineering math, that was when I was just like, I cannot wait to let go of this thread. It's so much. So to imagine somebody that goes into actual <laughs> science, which is just like the grossest part of my, or yeah. like, like, cause it's just heavy statistics. And I'm just That's like, awful. yeah, I mean, like, it's very interesting. I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think it's impressive. You know what I mean? But, Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's exactly it. So, yeah. I mean, that I ended up switching after the first year. Because Drew was just like, you playing football. Like, I see that as your, yeah, your main yeah. focus. You had to be Matson, Like, yeah. you're playing football if you want to do actuarial science. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he was three years in and he didn't seem to be having the greatest time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, I switched economics in that school and then continued in my second school. And I just because I had the interest from doing it in the first year. So, I mean, economics I actually never did in secondary school. That's what I want to say. Yeah, because yeah, you were already on that kind of, yeah, I guess yeah, when you do so certain you, courses and you could kind of swing. In yeah, so I was already part of the business school, so it had to be something business mm-hmm. related. And like my school doesn't have um, engineering or any technical side mm-hmm. of it. So, but, you just, so architecture just came out of the blue? 
Because normally, mm. like, everybody who I knew from the Caribbean who studied architecture was doing, like, TD. I don't know if y'all had TD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah TD. Like I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah but I that, yeah. No, it didn't come out of the blue. So I think it's a compilation or combining all of the interests that I've had over over time, like, since I'm, like, late teenage years. When I was in New York, uh, used to go around with one of my brethren all the time, just taking pictures. So, like, it started with photography and fashion mostly. Mm-hmm. Like we would just do that, like plan plan first. We just say, okay, we'll we'll go in Chelsea today and just walk around, or we'll go Lower East Side, just walk around. We'll go Soho, just walk around, and just take pictures. And like we started again, like uh, a type a style from that, just in both with photography and fashion. And with that, like, well, he also has his brand. I, mean, I feel like you might know him, Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Levi Marcus. Yeah. 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 He also has, <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> I'm like Levi the jeans. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's also another CIT man, so, you oh, know. Yeah. He, started, um, he started his brand with his own name, which... His name is Levi. His, his, and his middle name is Marcus. Mm-hmm. And it was a real, um, a real bold step, um, I'd say. Be, I mean... Not strange, because of course, you know, a lot of brands where it's just the designer's name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was the first, like, not the first, but it was a contemporary brand. You know, he's not, mm-hmm. he wasn't like a designer, you know, like kind of thing. He was just branding clothes with his name. And a lot of people, myself included, experimented <laughs> with uh, like branding clothes and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but nobody used <laughs> the government name. <laughs> like, and he did it. And well, I mean, it looks good. It was just, I remember when it started and it was caps, which is Levi Marcus and like a, a cursive kind of writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically like a signature, sig- like a, not his actual signature. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- that's what I'm saying. It's just yeah. him writing his name kind of, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it looks good. It looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like we both got into like more creative fields along that, like along that, um, those thoughts, like we started like lining with a bit more people who were in music in New York or in fashion. And after going back home, I mean, like I, I started doing like smaller things on the side with with that, like handmade uh, toiletry bags and like, like having different sets made for men and stuff like that. So like I started just playing around with other creative fields, and like because I kept okay, my family I would say is very education centered like education yeah. first very before academic. everything yeah, yeah. very academic and it's like i think i always had that i mean more i guess part partly by force that side of me that it was always okay i need to do something that is like like engineering law medicine medicine was always out of the question yeah same for me mm-hmm. medicine was always out of the question yeah but i mean balancing logic with creativity and artistic mm. elements i thought like architecture seemed like the perfect mix especially mm. after speaking to many cousins and other people who work in the field or who would have studied it they're like yeah you the engineering are not too sure about <laughs> the architecture the, yeah, yeah for sure the architecture. Like, home is also architecture is this kind of thing where like if you're if you're somebody creative but you also kind of have to tick off you know our cultural boxes of do something academic that's proper then architecture kind of works yeah, well, yeah. and it's a profession and, and it's, it's a profession right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like architect <laughs> so there's this thing right every architect or architecture student I speak to that I mention the fact that I did <laughs> that I did engineering <laughs> all of a sudden I don't know what it is but all of a sudden they start to come with this Oh yeah, well, engineering is like 
basically like that's cute but like architecture <laughs> is like <laughs> engineering plus like design it's like basically like cre- and and every single time i'm always like and this is i'm not even joking this is every single person i've ever met kind of thing right and they always come with it and i don't understand where because they don't talk about architects and engineering school <laughs> like that but i feel like the professors in like in <laughs> architecture the they say yeah you see those engineers you know what i mean they need to know their place you're better you know what than I mean? them they're just they're just numbers and 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 maths and you are artists you're a true artist and don't let them tell you otherwise <laughs> and i think it's because like at the end of the day if you design in a building like an engineer has to sign off on it right the architect designs it and the engineer signs off on it and i think that like because architects probably battle with like engineers being like, yeah, this won't work. And they're like, nobody can if you just have vision. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like they just struggle I'm with I'm the this. architect. <laughs> I'm the one in charge. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like they, they, they just have this, this thing and it's just like the engineer, they're not aware. You know what I mean? But I, you, honestly, you're very right. Yeah. Um, is that how it is in architecture school? Are your professors like that? No, they're not. Okay. They're not, they're not like that, but. I would feel okay. Which type of engineering did you study? Mechanical or civil? Mechanical. Yeah, so it's definitely the the civil the ones. The civil ones that they have to battle with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like my girlfriend, she's a civil engineer, for example. Oh, good. And she hated architects when she was in university. Yeah, because, because they say the same thing. Because that's what they come with. No, like they, they because they, when they work with them, she's just like, like they're just so hell bent on whatever they want to do, and like you cannot change their minds for anything. She's like. But this is so fucking stupid. And it's just like... <laughs> well, I feel like that's the... I don't know if that's just architecture is the type of people that study architecture. Because when I think of... That's like, a good thing. Yeah, when no, I was like, my idea. brother studies architecture and he was like that before he started to study architecture. So... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd never... I'd never forget. I went to do a side visit with somebody I was working at. At um, Hardcore, where I used to work. And, and they have like lighting solutions. And a buddy of mine who's a, a designer and um, a fantastic um, artist. His name is Marcus. And he um he kinda grew up his parents are Trinian and he grew up in, 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 in China in China, I don't wanna call your wrong name, but he grew up like he has Chinese heritage and he barely grew up home, right? And then I think he came back to Trinidad to kinda touch base again and kinda get back in touch with his Trini self, right? And mm-hmm. um so he opened this studio called Idlewood. Oh okay, which yeah, was, yeah, I know. Well, he must know. About, yeah. Um because Idol was also the name of the suit, his suit company. He made suits. I mean, Idol made suits. Yeah, Idol would be spoke, yeah. And so he made this space, um, Idlewood, which he wanted to be like this hub for artists and whatever. So I met him. He was a, he was the cousin of a really good friend of mine. So I was helping him with his space, just like in terms of, yeah, like he wanted to buy lights. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, I'll come and take a look at his space. And then we talk about lights. I wasn't trying to help him design his space. I wasn't trying to offer advice in terms of, anything you know i was like i'm at a company that sells lights and i could come and check it out and then get back to you after i look at the lights that we sell and he had this other brethren come who was an architect and totally just like stole the show in terms of like he showed up or whatever and was just like i was like yeah i don't know so yeah some, some down lights will be good i'll check out what we have and then he'd be like yeah but i mean if you really look at it this way maybe that's not the and i was like yeah i mean i 
you know what, it's fine, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then he was like, what do you study? And I was like, well, well I'm an engineer. And he was like, Psh, engineer. Like, I swear to God, he like literally acted like this. And it was so like, I don't know. He really went out of his way to be like, yeah, engineers, like, I don't know, like architects are the real kid. Like engineers, like you'll just do, I don't know. He told me something that's obviously they told him in school. Like, I don't know, something like, I don't know, all all architects are engineers, but not all engineers are architects or something like that. And I remember just being like, Dan, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? Like, and he was so like, about it. And then I thought, well, that was dumb. You know what I mean? But then I thought it's a personal thing. It's just how he is, right? Mm. He's just out of time and as a person, um, which is... It's not, it's not architecture. Which is not, it's not, it's not, it's not architecture's fault, you know, architecture's beautiful, people I mean, are out I'll, of time. I'll, yeah. give, I'll give it a small 20% of the you know, you know? But that's what I'm saying, but I was like, you know, there are out of time and people all around us, you know what I mean? So I can't like, but then I met several other people my age, because I mean, growing up you meet architects, but they're older than you, and this adult's not like watching this kid or anything, you know what I mean? But it's just when we, we had the same level... And I met someone, like, in, when I came here to study film, and she was Greek, you know, and she was also an architect, and also said, went down the same road with me when I told her I was an engineer, and I was like, so is it, one, is that international thing, it's not just like Trinis, you yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, it really must be something that, like, they say in a school. So I was just like, but it's, I don't know. They don't say, they don't talk about architects and engineering school, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. Is this real? I don't know. You know, they have this real chip on the shoulder, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, architects are difficult minds to, to change. As are all artists, eh? I mean, yeah. like, I feel like. But, I mean, but the, like the civil engineers that have you had for professors, for example, or any civil engineer that I know, and like they share their experience with architects, they're all like, "Oh God, you're an architect! Oh my God, like it's just gonna be a long, a long conversation." <laughs> because a they long know, road. because they don't, they don't like, they don't come out again, but they know what they're facing because they face it so many times. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, it's like frustrating from like two different perspectives. Mm. From like an engineer's perspective, you're like, "Okay, this person is going to be difficult," so like I have that in mind from the start. Yeah. And then like an architect, you have like, "Okay, this person is going to be." Difficult, <laughs> because you know, like, like mm, this cannot work, but yeah, it can. Like this, this must be some way to <laughs> work. Must, exactly. Like this, the, the architects have the same issue with um interior designers. Like I've spoken to a few interior designers as well. That every time they have to work with the architect, they're like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've never worked with an interior designer yet, but and it's the same concept of like uh, um. You know, an interior designer is an interior designer, but not an architect. But an architect can be an interior designer. That's the thing. They consider so, themselves yeah. an amalgamation yeah. of all these professions. Yeah, yeah. They're the creme. They're the creme of everything exactly. around Exactly. Exactly. They are the gods and everyone else and it's has like, to serve them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to yeah, serve yeah. their design. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. They, they can, architects. We love architects. They consider themselves a piece of everything. And, yeah. you know, it's okay to be a piece of everything because in mechanical engineering, for example, we study civil and electrical and I had to do you know TD in, 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 in university and that kind of thing because it's a little bit of everything and that's why mechanical is such a, a versatile field in terms of engineering you know but I'm not going to argue with the electrical engineer you know because you obviously went down your road with this I am not going to argue with the civil engineer you obviously went down your road with this you know so it's okay to be a little bit of everything because that gives you the ability to understand 
mm-hmm. a little bit more. You know what I mean? And to communicate like, your needs and be like, this is what I need to get done. And I trust your expertise to help me <laughs> get it done. Exactly. So I feel like it, it, it enables you more than anything. But I feel like they think it just enables them <laughs> to be like the biggest ego in your room or the biggest talent <laughs> in your room. And like nobody else here is an artist. I am the only <laughs> artist here struggling to get my vision across. You know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, I guess though, but we're not, nobody's against you. Yeah, there's a, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I can't really say anything. Like I've, I've seen it many times. There's a lot of, a lot of them are difficult to work with. Like even just, just in school as well. It's just, but you, like, John, I feel like you chill. I feel like you, you. I'm naturally a nonchalant person. He's by, an athlete. You by, know? He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's the athlete doing architect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that you're like, okay, so we'll, we're doing this. Okay, all right. That, that, that could work. <laughs> you know? But oh, this, 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 this design can't work. <laughs> okay, and you just pull it back. I'll work on it, you know what I mean? We'll check yeah. it back when you graduate, you know? Yeah. Next, you know, he's an asshole. Yeah. But that's a long, I mean, architecture is a, is a long process until uh, you get to, like, a proper pay in architect job. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it honestly depends on your path and like what what you're able to work with. I mean, because most people, when they finish, they would go into working for small firms or mm-hmm. whoever. I mean, whoever wants whoever to work with take them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whoever wants to work with larger firms, whoever wants mm-hmm. to work with smaller firms, like people have their preferences. Yeah, I heard you have to do like. I remember there was telling me he didn't want to like he studied he did his bachelor in architecture and now he's looking for something else because he's like. It's slave work, essentially. Like, you go into these firms, you do a bunch of work, and you only get paid for the work that they But, I mean, that's what it is in all professions, I feel. like you, you. Not all professions. Well, I mean... those kind of high-paying, long-study professions. Well, like, because look at it this way. I worked in a, a, like, photo studio once. I worked with um, James O'Connor at home, right? Um, When I was a teenager, and it was just, like, a summer job or whatever, right? And the new photographers that came in would just be stuck editing... Editing, editing, editing all day and retouching. And they wouldn't even be out there shooting. You know what I mean? They would just be collecting thousands of photos and have to go through. And at the end, they'd be doing (laughs) the bitch work of the firm. You know, and it's the same thing with lawyers. Mm -hmm. My father's a lawyer. I know how the firm goes, you know. And you come straight out to law school. You kind of, you know everything, but you're not really experienced. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest struggle. Because then what happens is they have these new lawyers who want to like, argue with you about like yeah but i think whatever and it's like yo i'm telling you this is how you write the paper you write the paper i am paying you out of this case that i am getting so you can write the paper i'll tell you write the paper you know what i mean and that's that's how it is in in every profession you know what i mean and and so i feel like you, it's just paying your dues i suppose at the start of it and then there's experience you know what i mean for sure i mean like i would use medicine as the same example yeah. which is exactly why i did not want to do it because when i saw when i saw my dad with it i saw cousins with it i saw my sister with it so i was actually conscious of my sister going through this process and like i remember her internship years when she came back to Trinidad, and i'm just like years to her not even to say it's one years dog day. you handing over a fraction yeah. of life you really don't know what you're doing dread i'm just you like making money it's like no amount of money could pay me to do this. Yeah. What are you doing? Dog, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, and is this is this is he lack of sleep? And if it's one profession that I like, definitely feel like, yeah, you've earned your right to be making so much money. Dread, you've earned like, your right to be yeah. a dickhead too. Like, you have you been. Yeah, because you also come across like the most like people who are the most 
ungrateful. Yeah. Like, like literally, especially, I feel like especially when you were in Trinidad. bashing <laughs> professions on this podcast. No, no, like no, not doctors ungrateful, like the people oh, that they patients. encounter. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah, literally yeah. spend hours and days of just like, and you, you haven't slept and you're still seen as person like and very delicately and carefully. And, and you know, sick like, people as impatient so relatives. Grumpy. Yeah. Yeah, and people just, just couldn't care less about like how tired you are, how much yeah. you've done, what you've done. Like, where the doctor? Where is you? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, you're waiting here a long time. That's the only question you care to hear about. And then when you're a doctor, to their credit, you have to play a lot of roles, you know, in terms of like, you're not behind a screen making, you know, like making the calls, you know, you're not doing diagnostics behind a screen. And then you have someone at the front desk delivering it yeah. to someone or whatever. You have to, you are the client facing professional mm. you gotta figure out what's wrong or right or whatever you have to deliver the results you have to deal with them the relative there's no pr system for the medical personnel you know what i mean yeah. so i feel like it's a it's a tough job dread you know what i mean and we absolutely need, need doctors you know what i mean so the thing is yep. and we absolutely don't have enough anywhere yeah. in the world except trinidad trinidad we actually have a we lot. have real plenty doctors but like yeah. no it's it's honestly something you just have to deal with at some point. Yeah. I mean, I heard, I mean, yeah, it's in every profession, but I heard that in architecture, it's like... It is, I mean, it is rough. Intense. Have you worked? Have you done any work? So or? I'm hoping to, to get the internship pretty soon for this summer. I'm mean, supposed to hopefully finalize that in the next two weeks. Um, looking to, well, I would say I would like to stay in Berlin, get the experience of working in Berlin. But, I mean, also the possibility of London... I mean, I thought about going home and, and doing it as well, but I was like, mm, mm, I, could, I could wait. <laughs> mm. yeah, well, would you, you mean go home for like, do go home for, like do the go internship for summer through, yeah. and then come back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I was like, nah, but I'll get probably nothing done. Home is, home is not really for productivity. Yeah, home is a big distraction yeah. for yeah. sure. And then also, I feel like it's easy when you, you're, when you have the label of student, people a lot more forgiving you know what i mean i feel like i mean it would be the best to get while it could be like yeah i'm a student so they could be like nah it's okay he's just studying or you know what i mean but just like on another topic of caribbean education like it's it's frustrating the way it's dealt with or the way professors try to bring across their point or try to teach in general it's a very this is what it is i am well, you're supposed to be my teacher, but I'm your boss. Mm. Where's what do you yeah, mean? It's very hierarchical. It, yeah, there's no, there's no conversation. Yeah, there's, there's no, no conversation whatsoever. It's just this is it. No. But what do you mean? That. You mean like in secondary school or university? Secondary school, university. Actually, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, went to UE for a year because I was going to do start mm. with civil engineering in UE. Um, after that first year, I was like, this is yeah, not for me. It's oh, a very, well, I don't find so. If you've been, I find it's a very like. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been to UV, but I also look back thinking like it was. It's very outdated and like colonialist mm -hmm. compared to when I came here to high school, and all of a sudden it's like everybody's open to share their opinion on something, and you know, mm -hmm. topics are up for discussion, and you learn to debate different sides and mm -hmm. shit. Like like religion, mm -hmm. you know, we have a very intense religion program. Like this is this is what it, I don't know about how it was in Trinidad, but for us, it was kind of like. Um, yeah, you have to be religious, period. And in Germany, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, okay, we're teaching religion as different philosophies and comparing all the different ones and stuff like that. Like, we didn't have that home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we, we went to denominational schools, which are, yeah. are Catholic schools. Yeah. So, I mean, like, with the, the school is Catholic. It's, it's based on 
that and then like if you're not catholic well then it's like you don't have to participate but there was never like a yeah mm. there was never a fuck off yeah. culture because my, um, my friend was telling me about she has a son who's like seven years eight years old and he's in primary school and they are learning they have religion class and they put out the muslim girl to sit outside by herself during religion class and he's like um he asked if he could go outside and sit with her because he felt bad for her sitting outside yeah. and she was like um no, you are a Christian. You're not allowed to go outside. And I was like, how are you? Why are you teaching these little children this kind of intense, this you know, ex- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's intense. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, the fact is, is that Tobago is a very different. Yeah, that's true. Um, culture from Trinidad. But the university thing, I mean, I could definitely say it with. First of all, I would like to say it definitely depends on the teacher. And I would not like to generalize because I've had fantastic teachers in, I've had horrible teachers in primary school. Miss McGrath, yeah, you know? Boy, yeah, boy. I've had horrible teachers in primary school. Miss Davis, too. Miss Davis, good, I have a funny story, but Miss Davis was, yeah, was tough. And these teachers are hard and it's little children and they feel like because they have to hurt them and treat them more like animals, you know what I mean? And And it's just... Yeah, primary school, I think, is is very rough in that sense. Um, secondary school, I think it really depends on the teacher that you have. You know, because I had some fantastic teachers in, in secondary school. And when I think of the teachers that were bad teachers, they weren't, like, bad, like, they were small-minded. They were just, like, bad they, they teachers. They can't teach. They can't teach, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, the teachers that were strict were, for the most part, good teachers. Like, the teachers that were kind of, like... Bokmaya. Like, there were kind of, I never had Bokmaya, right? But like Miss Budan, for example. Oh, God. Right? Miss Budan was the strictest teacher in the school. Nobody played. Like, literally, she started coming down our form tree corridor, and men used to just be like, Budan, come in. And it's just men skating to get to their desk. And she walked in, and if men wasn't in their desk, it'd be like, you, you, out. Like, she just, and she was like, yeah, you run an all boys school, you just had to be tough because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But to say she was. Like, this is how it is, and this is why I say, you know, because also, I also don't want to use the word colonial in terms of our system, because the Caribbean made a big effort to reform our educational system after independence, you know what I mean? And to change over all our exams, like our parents at GCSE, and we sat CXE and CAPE, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that does come with a learning curve. Um, and I think this small-mindedness is definitely an old-school thing, you know what I mean? Dependent on the teacher. But like Miss Budan, for example, was horribly strict, but she was like, it's not like you couldn't engage, you know, in a conversation with her on the topic, you know? Me, me, me personally, I couldn't really. We had a very, very rough relationship. I feel it's probably one of the worst than like when I had her. Like she definitely did not like me <laughs> at all. And if I went to speak to her about anything, she like, I think she had that in the back of her mind that I... Really, my blood doesn't really take to the students. Yeah, yeah. Like to the point where my parents came in with into school, like with regards to her several times. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Was, I mean, it, it's really teacher. The, it's teacher dependent. And I mean, the thing is, the the sad thing is, is that when you go down the line to the less um, prestigious in air quotes schools you know what i mean it just gets worse and worse because like yeah they just have smaller budgets they <clears throat> in more difficult areas more underdeveloped areas because how many schools in trinidad 100 and 
Oh, I don't even know. No, I, I think I it's in like <laughs> 200 and something. You know what I mean? And of those schools, when you leave in primary school, if you... If you're in South, you're trying to go to Prestige, you know what I mean? And if you're in town, you're trying to go to St. Mary's, Fatima, QRC, you know, St. Anthony's and, and you know what I mean? It's a handful of schools. Prestige is effective. <laughs> no, no, not so. It's, it's Presentation. <laughs> ah, prestige is effective. It's true. Prestige but is yeah, presentation. Yeah, yeah, Presentation College. But that's the school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the big school in South. You see, all they only known for fat, you know. <laughs> but when they they win only scholarships, I can't even talk that talk, you know. But that's what I'm saying. There's, you have such limited choice in terms of going to a school that has a really good a reputation. But by the time you get to university, I feel like it ends up being the same thing. I feel like it's. Um, I feel like it depends on your professor because remember, this is like the peak of being a teacher in the Caribbean, right? You make any most money as far as like being a teacher goes, right? And you're smart, all your professors are smart. And some of them, yeah, it comes down to how much they really care about the job and how much they really like mm-hmm. teaching, you know what I mean? Because there's how men will be like, yeah, meet me in the bar, you know, you can meet this professor in the bar, real talk, buy him a drink, and he'll tell you what's coming on finals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, that's kind of sketchy, dog. And this man is working at this school for... And getting paid good, good again, money. And paid good, good money. You know what I mean? And yeah. and it's not... So <laughs> they're undermining factors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I do feel like professors and teachers aside, the schooling system in the Caribbean is very much based off of like, you know, memorizing textbook. And not just the school system, but that's how the society that's is. It's it like, is. these yeah, are the yeah. rules that we have and everybody just needs to learn these rules. Mm-hmm. Step A, yeah, step yeah, B, yeah. step B, three. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some piece of tree, exactly. And, um, whereas prestige. you, like, you know, you don't really learn critical thinking and these kind of stuff that they put a but lot that's of value like in. All around, yeah, exactly. And it's it's so it's kind of ridiculous yeah. that they that they put the emphasis on these things, you know. And then you step out of that bubble, mm. you know what I mean? And now you have to learn critical thinking. Yeah, exactly. And like keep up in class. Um, yeah, yeah. you study in English, right? Where? Yeah. Oh, you mean in English? Yeah, yeah. studying. Yeah, of okay. course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Exactly. But I feel like the German, the German, I don't know anything about the German um, schooling system, but at least Germany, I mean, they are a progressive mm-hmm. nation. You know what I mean? And I think they really make a conscious effort to be that, which is very new. I mean, there are a lot of factors in between. You know what I mean? They didn't mm-hmm. have to go through what the Caribbean went through. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have a lot more practice. They have thousands mm-hmm. of years on us you know what i mean but it's still interesting to see how a nation works just in general education or otherwise that really makes an effort to look ahead and to see and to look at what you know should be done mm-hmm. you know like to move things forward as best as possible considering everybody's position mm-hmm. which is not the system we come from in the new world. You know what I mean? Like, it's very much, yeah, this is how we've been doing it for the last hundred yeah. years, which is nothing. Is you know what I mean? And this is it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we can't even, I don't even want to start talking about politics because it's pissed me off but every I time I go home. But what was he? What was he for both of you? <laughs> yeah, well, no, we can't get into yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the biggest culture shock for both of you, you would say, when you moved here? Oh, Quiet the places. That was thing. That was yeah. the first That's what thing. my mom said. That's the first thing my mom said. She was <laughs> like, "Kyle, it's so quiet." <laughs> and, and she's like talking. Where is it? Why is it so quiet? And I was like, 
I don't know. I never really thought about it before. You know what I mean? Mm. Nah, I got off of that plane, off of the, <laughs> off of the train, and I'm like, yo, this is this is a bit eerie. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed the quiet, like the atmosphere, but I noticed how quiet people speak compared oh, to Caribbean 100%. people. Because you feel like, oh my God, okay, I have to love. Like you'll start talking and you'll go off on a rant and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then somebody else will start talking and you're like, why was I screaming? I'd, and my sister talks so loud. Right? <laughs> I mean, she was always the louder of the two of us, just naturally, mm-hmm. you know, and her, yeah, yeah. And her in Germany, I'm constantly, and then I feel I have to be like, Simon, shh. Yeah, you I know? remember that. I remember when um, last year when she came for your birthday and I was walking on to Temple for Feld, I could hear her before I saw you all. I was yeah. like, okay, the Trinis are in that direction. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> talks so loud. And my my first culture shock was that same thing, but in a like a in a real social context. So I went, um, the joke is I was with my classmates and it was our last class, so we were going out afterwards. And this Trini fellow from home who had married a German was having his birthday party in like the, you know, some of these bars have like a party room kind of. Um so it was like the upstairs of this bar or whatever. Um, everybody's, you know, it's a lot of people who have like, um, a lot of Germans who have like Caribbean partners or, you know, and, and so everybody calls their friends, so a lot of Caribbean people and then German people who are very like um, in tune to Caribbean culture, right? So it was a very nice atmosphere, soccer playing and everybody singing the words, you know, and so I was in a good mood. And I'm by the bar. And having a drink with my friends. And I think we just took a shot or something. And I am, I don't know, just being myself, liking myself in this party. And I remember I was just laughing real loud, you know, like real, yeah, exaggerated laughter. But I don't know, I just like, I just like myself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Bartender comes over (laughs) and goes like, shh, kind of thing, right? Or leans over and goes, shh, and... I'm thinking, back. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, I don't know, maybe maybe he was on the phone, you know, maybe he was trying to have a call and whatever. So some time passed, five minutes later, I still in our spot telling the story. And then I burst out laughing again, like, and I'm making, and I was like, ah, you know, just making a scene. He comes around and come, and walks up to me and goes, buddy, this is the last time I'm going to ask you to calm down. If you don't calm down, I want to ask you to leave. Yeah, because it's like, seen as like as like reckless drunk behavior if you're very loud here. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah. probably thought you were just drunk off of your mind. And well, I mean, I wasn't. I mean, regardless, I don't know. It yeah. was so strange. Like, <laughs> I was like, you might be right, but you know. But I mean, it was so strange to me, and it yeah. totally, of course, it totally killed like mm. you know the moment. Yeah. And my friends were kind of no, like, you have to be self conscious. Like, what's that? No, I have to be self conscious. I remember, like, we kind of left after that, kind of like. Yeah, kind of fucked this and, 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 and went outside. But that was the first time that, like, the first time that in a context that I would never be, like, corrected at home, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. unless you're, like, being too much in a space that is specifically supposed to be very quiet, yeah. you know what I mean? No, but everybody's screaming at home. Yeah. Everybody's screaming like, at home. And it almost is almost like a reverse culture shock whenever I go back home and you go to, like, the Mount Irvin Beach Bar. And the speakers are blasting and the only way to have a conversation is to literally scream at the top of your lungs to somebody who's sitting at the same table as you, yeah, 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 yeah. you know? But it's true, we're just walking on your road and thing, you know yeah. what I mean? At all, man! You know? Empress! If you shout that out here, everybody on the street will turn around because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're thinking, yeah. you know, something's yeah, wrong. What's this? You know? This is, 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 this
the biggest culture shock for me yeah. because we just naturally more charismatic. You know I mean? mm. Yeah, we just more animated. We more like, energetic. Just yeah, it's just it's just a thing. Or less like I feel like people here very you know restricted. Like they they're holding themselves back. Yeah, because I think that's yeah, like European stoic, culture yeah. in a lot of ways. Maybe like maybe not all, because yeah. I know Italians are very like loud and animated too, yeah. and very like they always apologize no, for each thing. other. It's yeah. From from a lot of things that like, I've seen and read, it's definitely like you know, I'm just going into another another topic, but like it's certain countries in Europe are seen as the the happy or the good colonizers because of the attitude towards the countries that they would have colonized, and most of those places are. Spain, Portugal, hmm. um, Italy to an extent because they're all southern Mediterranean. The weather's nice. They generally in a better Because they're custom. They than, already have that culture. Yeah. They're closer to Africa, which is mm-hmm. where, you know, our loudness also comes from. Yeah. I mean, so like, it is contradictory to see the good colonizers, but like that's kind of where it comes from as well. And that behavior is also... Yeah, you can't say... Like, I try to refrain from saying, you know, good and bad and, and judging and stuff because it's just like, that's their way, you know? They're kind of like, oh, you know, respect everybody else's space and you know yeah it's just a different culture and it's not necessarily like good or bad or whatever but it's just just a weird thing to come and be like i don't know i appreciate it whenever i go home and people are being loud and 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 letting out what you know just high-spirited people yeah exactly you kind of feel like yeah yeah. Yeah, and like i mean i feel like quiet people exist at home as well just you know exist exactly in the the chaos and then berlin too is like tip of the iceberg when it comes to nonchalance exactly like nobody yeah, yeah, yeah. emotes hey yeah, 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 you know? yeah everybody's yeah. just too cool for school and everybody has this like super straight face but i don't want to say everybody it's... because there's i mean mm-hmm. obviously not everybody you know but it just it was one of those things that shocked me when i came here and i was like oh my god did you just say oh my god <laughs> <laughs> did you just say mine did you just say mine just now i might have we had to wheel that back and check <laughs> <laughs> I'll check this recording and see uh, if uh, said, uh, oh my god <laughs> Yeah, the German coming, that's the, that's the next half coming mm. on. But I mean, do you see anything? So uh, we had the same sort of like volume culture clash. Mm. Do you see anything like going forward? Oh, I had to ask you, because this also kind of goes hand in hand with the, the quiet, right? But I think you definitely have a lot more German experience yeah. or definitely... Well, I mean, 12 so, years. Well, yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's something that would have been, you know, like through family and whatever, yeah. that might be a little more normalized, right? Yeah. But like... You see this like still air inside, bro. Thing, Jesus. And I have this fan. Someone yeah. was telling me about that. Even just for the noise, you know. Even even just for the noise. Tread. I have yeah. a story to tell you about this fan. I had a fan. <laughs> I, I I used to have a fan. I used to love it as well. But it's like in winter, you just put as an air condition. Yeah. You know. Kinda. Kind of. Like you use your fan in December? I use my fan year round. And at first, and then I was made fun of by everybody that came into my room. Um, (laughs) You know, it was always like, Nah, I saw it and I was like, that is such a good idea. Like, why did I not bring Arturo used to yeah. real make fun of me. Arturo took this picture of me in my first birthday in Berlin. He took a portrait of me on, um, on, uh, on, uh, the instant thingies mm-hmm. right but he has like the og ones not mm-hmm. like these new the instax not these instax yeah. things he has like a og one where it's, yeah. it's just black and white it's not even color right and in the i remember saying like hold on let me move the fan and he goes no no no, no. <laughs> leave the fan the fan is so like you right because he even though he's honduran would always like be like i don't understand how you have this fan on 
right now. And it's because the fan used to be on like all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like all the time. And I've progressed from having a fan on all the time because I really was and like it being like it's so still or whatever mm-hmm. to just having it on any night because at night at home is so loud. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have so much going on, mm-hmm. you know, and at least frogs, just the frogs and, and the frogs, yeah, just the, the birds, the, 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 the night noise is, is a lot. Oh, yeah. Exactly. In Tobago, it must be Morning. even Fowls, chicken. Yeah. There's Morning. no chicken walking around. Exactly. exactly. If you grew up in a rural area, you're hearing chickens in the morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a very loud atmosphere. And just to go to bed, it's like to fall asleep to the sounds of the night, you know, even if there's a car passing because I, where I live, you're right next to a highway and you'll hear like the, you know, the, the music distorts in the car part, you know what I mean like dun, 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 you know what I mean like like I don't know I feel like that's, just like, that's like music like, mm. yeah yeah it, it just, it's all it. part of it and then to come here where it's just to come here where it's just so quiet where there's nothing going on you know what I mean? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like... No one, everybody speaks so just, quietly. I hear it in my brain, Dred. Like, you only tell, like, what is this? Like the high-pitched so, sound that you just have on the inside. Yes. Hey, just hearing it. Yeah, yeah, I start to hear things that I'm not supposed to be hearing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my thoughts are like, what? You know what, what that I mean? my digestion? Yeah, so it's like, I turn on... Now, at this point, I turn on if I'm to sleep. But it's still a thing, like, for... Still a thing for me, hmm. you know, and 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 I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could let go of that. Yeah, no, that that fan is is a very important ingredient. The first time I came up here, I was staying in an Airbnb for a month. This older German lady, we did not get along at all. Mm-hmm. She was actually, I, I genuinely contemplated what I was doing here after that experience. But long story short, one of the things I mean, you can tell the long story. We're on a podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I'll start off with the, with the fan part. So she had a small fan in the room. And because it, like I just came, it was the same thing. Like this is dead silence in the middle of the night. Like this, this winter. So like there's no, there's no AC. Like there's no nothing. There's nothing. I'm like, I need to put on this fan. So at least the air is moving in yeah. there, first exactly. of all. And I really need this the sound of this fan. Two days later, she started arguing with me over something. I can't remember what it was. No, it because I wasn't opening the do- the windows for the for the Luftung. <laughs> and she's like she's like, this is Germany. The government says you need to open the windows for half an hour every single day. I'm like how The do you government know? says you need to open the windows for half an hour. Is that an actual I don't know. I feel like the minister of culture announced this and all these Germans were like, yes, sir. You know. know? (laughs) Exactly. And they just fucking, yeah, it's true. And yeah, she was just like, 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 it needs to be done like 30 minutes every single day. And I'm like, okay, but like how you know what I do in my room? Like, unless you just fast and out of place. Mm -hmm. So, and she's like, like, like every, every chicken speak English. She's like, every day, I'm just hearing this, this fan going, hold it, hold it, hold it. And while I'm, and the door's not even open. And I'm like, Miss, you realize. Luftung. Yeah, yeah. the fan stay in the air around and open it windows. It's come out quicker. It's not even open for that long. Keep this window open. Mm. It, it's yeah, under it's, 10 degrees. It's so, it's such a strange thing because yeah. it's not even, because in summer, Obviously, the fan cooling you down. You know what I mean? You want the breeze to cool down. But then when it's cold, <laughs> they don't understand 
that it's not about being cool at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is about like not feeling like you live in in like a package, like a box. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Breathing the inside. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's another thing that like bothers me so much is that like in a back home, at least, I mean, in the bedrooms and stuff, you have AC, but you know, we have breeze flowing through the entire house. And yeah. it's like you're breathing this stagnant inside air all the time and it's yeah, not yeah. even moving. And having a little fan to give the air a little, you know, bring a little Some dynamic. circulation. Yeah. Yeah. A little, well, yeah. little movement. But you know, and, and it, what's interesting to me, without diving into my um, romantic life, but just experience, just experience. I love romance and, on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just, just experiencing because then you, you share a bed with a, with, with a German who, when you look to turn on the fan, is perplexed, you know, <laughs> to the nth degree, as in like, what are you doing? And then it's like, if this fan is on me, so then, so then the fan could be on, but it, the breeze can't touch you, which is kind of the whole point of the fan now, right? It's not just the noise, right. like then you could, you know, you know use because, your speaker. It, because it's nice, because it's nice when you're, yeah, it's just nice when the breeze is on you, but the, the fan is, is, um, is is moving so it's not to say it's like onion because if so and then the response is yeah but but if the breeze is blowing on me while i sleep then i'm gonna get sick and i was like yeah if the breeze is on your face while you're sleeping it'll mess up your nose 100 percent. but if it's blowing on the rest of your body which is how you fan you know <laughs> what i mean like i don't know how, if you know how to fan but i'm telling you, if it's you're not getting sick dog that doesn't even make any sense yeah. you know what i mean because then you'd get sick every time. And you it's, also, it's not AC, like it's air that already exists. Yeah. In but it's space. but it's interesting because it's not just. <laughs> it's gonna sound bad because it's not just one person. It's not just one German. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that it's just it's a it's a universal yeah. because the thing about the fan is that it's universal. In that, for example, my sister comes and she'd stay by me, and she just like yeah. She didn't, I didn't even have to explain her in what context I tend to use the fan. She just was going to bed, and last thing she did before bed, just like me, reach over, turn on the fan, and turn on the fan. Yeah. And it was just, and in her mind, it's the same thing, just to get some noise, just to get, to, and just how it's. I just find it so interesting because you know, <laughs> this fan thing was difficult for me to navigate. Everybody was making fun of me with this fan, and I was like, "Am I not acclimatizing to Germany as I should?" <laughs> you know. Am I fighting? And I was like, well, am I fighting? No, is it so strange? But in my mind, like, there's no room that doesn't have AC and it doesn't have a fan. That's yeah. just not a thing at home. So to me, <laughs> having the fan in Germany is just like me being in Germany. Yeah. Like, it's just strange, but part of it the, works. It's, it kind of... Yeah. furniture that you, you buy know? when you move into a new place. Yeah, look, look, look your plan dying. <laughs> 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 but it's just like... It's real time too. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the plan is just like, I mean, take me back. <laughs> you know, please. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, no, but... but we have no fan. <laughs> no but it's true i just thought it was so interesting how you know i was really struggling with this and i never asked any other caribbean people like yo do do you have a fan in your room (laughs) you know what i mean like i didn't like go around asking like do you live with a fan you know what i mean and then i speak to other people it's just 
Germany, like Berlin in summer gets hot, hot. I remember having some days when I was But when it's hot, there's no question. Everybody have their fan on. People don't don't have fans. People don't have fans. (laughs) And then they just sit down in the heat. And I'm like, this is disgusting. This is unsanitary. This is unhygienic. (laughs) So farm. (laughs) And then you you go into the U-Bans or the S-Bans. And like, you walk in. You could have a little ceiling fan or something in there, you know? (laughs) No, but like so, they, some of them don't even open the windows and they just sit down there and everybody just boy. You see them, people just like scratching, <laughs> and you say, "But you uncomfortable, but you're not saying anything." But yeah. but that's the thing. It's so interesting because it's their culture. You know, they're just not accustomed. They to, just don't do fans. They just don't do ventilation. Yeah. They do, or, or, Have you ever air, seen a house or an apartment with a ceiling fan? No. Dan and I was studying, man. I kind of want a little ceiling fan, kind of thing to think. But like, vibe. is it looks nice too? Maybe you need to get like a super ornate, like ceiling fan, real artsy kind so, of. So you know, because I feel like I don't know, Europeans walking and they have a ceiling fan on in winter, they might, <laughs> I mean, like, might, you know, <laughs> disappear, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But is there anything <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little less immediate? Because I feel like a fan is so like, it's fine. You can just not have the fan or maybe not. But is there anything else that's <laughs> a little more of a bigger deal that you see being a problem that, you know, like living in Germany that you just feel would be a real issue for you? Honestly, like nothing I could see as being a real problem. That probably is the biggest thing because sometimes you would feel as though Oh, like I can't properly express myself sometimes mm. or be free or enjoy a part of Caribbean culture is also just enjoying other people enjoy themselves and mm. existing on the block, by the bar, on the corner, the street, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're just happy, you're drinking your rum, you're drinking your stag and you could be as loud as you want and nobody's studying you. So that's the only thing that sometimes you miss about home. But other than that, I think it's, I mean, I'm generally a very laid back, chill person mm-hmm. most days. You like you've adapted well. Yeah, I mean, like I, when I go outside and go for walks and things, but it's like, <laughs> I just pick up myself and go outside with nothing in plan. Just, yeah, yeah just walk in Tegart and just walk for an hour. Yeah, which look is at not nothing. a thing at home, really. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have much of a walking culture. At all, you know? at all. I mean, you can't. Oh, you are a walker at home. I'm not a walker at home, but like it's, it's, I underst- it's understandable. Like I would not walk at home in most places. Like People trying to avoid hot sun home. Yeah. Like, People trying to avoid hot sun home. I just get straight and it's like now when I go home, and where I stay in Mount Irvin, it's like a nice, you, you could go outside and walk, you feel safe. You have nature, you have the beach close by. But every time I'm walking, people give me this look like, is she poor? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I feel like Tobago is so nice for that because yeah. it's so small. Tobago, you know what I mean? Especially, because you could walk I mean, to you know the Mount beach. Mount area, right? Like mm-hmm. Prospect, Grafton side to Mount Irvin. It's mm-hmm. such a nice walk that you could take, but nobody does it. And I'm like, why are more people not just going on strolls and, in yeah. and enjoying this beautiful nature that we have? I mean, part of it, you see that Shrivan Road stretch? Mm-hmm. Yes, look at these speed limits. You see around 80 to 100. <laughs> and the roads are going so and, much, and, so no and people buy the license. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like their walking culture at home is something that we, I mean, and I'm really feeling it now with my dad because my dad has to like replace his knees and thing. And mm. walking, of course, because in Trinidad, you don't really. No, everybody drives, which is everybody why the traffic drives. is Everybody drives. The fattest. My father had to walk his to his car and then mm-hmm. Audi cart inside to wherever it is he going. And then if he stays, it's like, oh, God, boy. But 
but hair walking is every now when he comes to visit me in Europe, it's like I really didn't realize how much we walk in mm. terms of as a mode of transportation yeah, yeah, or yeah, just yeah. like a thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we don't at home we we run in from hot sun any day. Yeah. We're not going for coffee and then going for a walk. That yeah. sounds <laughs> like a nightmare. <laughs> Drinking had, a hot drink, getting um, hot sun. I had a friend from home visit us and we were like bar hopping and then we wanted to go from one bar to this bar that was like a kilometer and a half away. So it's like what I don't know. If you're strolling it's a twenty minute walk, right? Yeah. And she was baffled at the fact that we were going to walk. She's like, what do you mean we're not jumping in a cab to get where we're going? And it's like, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, you, the walk is part of it. You get a spiti bay and you go and for a And the walk is part of it. The walk is part of it. Yeah, exactly. And there's also more to see here too. Like when yeah. I mean, I feel like like in Tobago, exactly. If you're going for a walk and you're going to the beach and, and well, there, there is a beach so close, but I feel like when you live in Trinidad, which is a little island, metropolis kind of mm-hmm. you know what i mean walking out your house unless you are going to intentionally exercise is not something you're gonna do because i guess it's more just you made minute you step outside after that shower it's just like oh my god you're sweating <laughs> like, like nah boy you can't go through that all the time no yeah have you do you bike do you bike here because that's yeah. something that i don't really I do definitely. But bike was the best thing I've ever bought while being. That's what everybody says. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm, I, f- I thought I was gonna. I'm, I'm gonna buy my bike this year because I was never. I was never a biker. Um, See. Of course, I could. Of course, I could ride a bike. But yeah, it was never my thing. And I'd never forget when this one, right? When you were leaving Watergate. Ish. Yeah, yeah. When you were leaving Watergate, and I had. A big pile of records on me because I think I had a gig or came from a gig or something. And um, <laughs> we were at Watergate and she goes, yeah, well, we could just ride because we were going somewhere. We were going we go to, to, um, with Anna. We were going yeah, to, to, to mix. Yeah, I was, had a friend I was, I was teaching um, DJing and we were going to practice. So I had all my vinyls with me. Mm. And um, we were at Watergate. I don't even know where Watergate is. Nope. But it's kind of right by... Frederick Sign. Yeah, kind of like by the, the water. by the castles, <laughs> the castles in in Fijian. You know the quite, big bridge, quite big Fijian. Look, I know the. It's a real pretty looking bridge with like. Ooh, the, like that like kind castles. of. Um, <laughs> Where all the tech companies have their office. <laughs> is, is it not by that brick red brick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one. Also, right by Berlinomawa, then close by. Or was that closer to to Warsaw then? I'm it's kind of like across from like it's kind of. But you know, you, if you know the bridge, the red brick, red brick bridge, bridge that you can walk on. where Universal Music under, is, yeah. you can see the Universal yeah, Music. Yeah, you know where it whatever. is. Well, anyway, okay. it was from there to yeah somewhere here in like, and it was like on the U. It was like a couple stops on the U and a change or whatever. And Jamila goes, um, yeah, we could just ride there, you know, you know what I mean? And it's it's much shorter and it's whatever. And I didn't ride a bike in like, <laughs> and this is me actually saying this aloud. It's not me being like, yeah, okay. This is me actually being like, Dan, I haven't ridden a bike <laughs> in like maybe a decade. You know what I mean? Like, and she's like, yeah, no scene, you'll be fine. You know? And I'm like, trying my best not to be like scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 
I was because also I had to get this bike with like a basket and all my records are in the front of here. So it's like this lopsided the, the records can't fit. Uh, the basket like, isn't a proper basket, it's like a wire frame with a yeah. with a with an elastic. It's barely band anything. So it. it's like it's like leaning out kinda not and I'd I'd never forget this right. <laughs> I mean I made it. We made it alive. Yeah, you know no, but his your bike was broken too, and yeah, yeah, my bike yeah. was broken. All kind of thing. I ripped the my seat pants. Seat was coming off. Yeah, the seat <laughs> came <laughs> off. Ripped my chaotic. pants. It was the most chaotic ride of my life. You know what I mean? And the first time riding in forever, and I thought, way boy, this is a lot. And then the next time I rode a bike was kind of the same situation, but drunk. And I don't know how I ended up with all the food that we just bought in the front as well, riding home, just like trying not to spoil everybody's night and spill all the food. But I feel like. It's kind of like DJing, you know what I mean? Like when, like when you DJ for your friends at home and you're like just, you're just messed up to like the maximum, but you're still managing. Then when you're in the club and you've had one, two drinks, you're like, damn, this is cake. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I start panicking. <laughs> no, that's you. You start panicking. But no, I feel like it's the same thing. After you ride in those scenarios, it's kind of good training because then when you're sober and, you know, you just have to ride under normal circumstances yeah. without a big bag, it's, it's okay. Right? You got your military training. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You know what I mean? So I feel like... Um, I want to get the bike this year and I yeah. want to kind of activate because I also live in Vetting and they have a really nice parks close to me and, and it's just it's just silly that I, I haven't. Yeah. But yes, I do. I mean, unfortunately, my bike was stolen this week from yeah. inside. Oh, no. Yeah. That's why I refuse to buy a bike. From literally inside my, like where I live. Yeah. So like the, you have to yeah, get through the front best. door to get like the, the courtyard <laughs> between, <laughs> between Vauhaus and... Was it house. locked? I don't think I locked it, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's still yeah, rookie it's mistake. inside. Nah, it's Berlin, we're talking about. You live in Mitte? No, I know. Well, then. Hans of Yettel. Oh, no. Hans of Yettel is a bunch of old people. It's just... Cause That's quiet. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's still Berlin. Yeah. You can't... It's okay. like I've, I've had about three or four bikes stolen from me, and that's why I'm like, fuck So it. then what I'll, do you do? I just use the next bikes, just scan and oh. ride it. And then you also don't have to worry about... Because I always hate when you ride with your bike somewhere, and then you're like... I really want to ride this to go home because it's 2 a.m. and I'm fucked up and I've been drinking. Mm. But, but I, would, I would never do that. Like my I would bike doesn't come out after, after 6, 6 p.m. Yeah. But then you leave your bike there and if it's not stolen, they like steal your front tire <laughs> or break off. They, my last bike I had in Berlin, they just randomly broke off the, the kickstand. The, um, really? What do you call it? Kickstand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What a nightmare. Yeah, because with work, I have an option to kind of lease this bike for like really yeah, cheap. Yeah, And that. then I kind of, and then like, yeah, if it gets stolen or whatever, then it's just like, it's like whatever, you know. But yeah, I can't deal with that kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I would go out with a bitty bike. I feel like I'm just not yeah. mm-hmm. trying to go out with a bike. That's just an, an unnecessary thing, yeah. you know. It'd but it's like, kind of cool though. Like if you live here, if we go into Eden, it, the um, the bus route is twice or three times as long as if yeah. you take a bike you know so it makes yeah. sense to just rent the next bike and then you mm-hmm. cycle down well i think i'm just gonna romanticize you know like bike riding you know what i mean and mm-hmm. just do it in summer with no intention mm-hmm. kind of you know what i mean <laughs> hair, the parks. hair blowing in the wind yeah what's yeah. left of it just blowing <laughs> in the wind you know what i mean and then no but like that's the best part because like, i got it just before summer so like last summer was just where i live come out of my house i'm already on the spree and you ride like that ride along past Friedrichstrasse and then to hop on off is incredibly nice it's just mm-hmm. you along the river just seeing everybody having breakfast this that mm-hmm. the other that's a nice area that's where I've seen the period yeah. 
it's really nice. I used to do that every day for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's nice. But I have to get back one soon. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I definitely need another bike. Oh, that sucks. At least it was quite good. At least it wasn't as expensive as the prices I've been hearing other people yeah. saying. And you could, you could get your bike insured for real cheap. I know that's yeah. what my ex did. And he got back like 70% of what he paid for his bike mm-hmm. when it got stolen. So yeah, that's what my um, co-workers recommended. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, in, did you have insurance? I was like, ah, oh, mm. That's, that's <laughs> one thing about like, Jeremy. Yeah, that forget, was one forget of my, bike, biggest, my biggest culture shocks here was that they have insurance for everything. Yeah. You can literally insure. Yeah, everything. Anything. Yeah, yeah I have to jump mm-hmm. on that too. Oh my God, it's a good thing we have in this little Auslander podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need to like get some stuff yeah, done yeah. it's true half flesh for the shalom big one yeah. it's like 50 euros a year yeah as, that's what gen- general insurance home is insurance. insurance for like um it's not home insurance is half means like suit accident yeah, yeah. kind of like if if i break your phone mm-hmm. theoretically you could sue me for breaking your phone so i have to pay you money so this insurance pays for your phone so i don't have to pay for it mm-hmm. what yeah yeah. Yeah, and it's like 50 euros a year. Yeah, my fr- my friend. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, my friend said that. Yeah, um, a friend of mine told me that because I was bringing equipment, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I'm not trying to bring equipment to a party and thing." Yeah. And she was like, "Get yeah, over, have insurance if I mash it up." Yeah. Just pay back. I was like, yeah. "Damn, for real." Same with my camera and stuff, like especially when I travel. <sighs> Dan, I was supposed to tell you. So Jamila did a very um, she she made a bold move. Um, this carnival, right? Because all of us went home for carnival, right? And she sold her costume to be a photographer on the road instead, you know. And very yes, very bold. Mm-hmm. I must say. Yeah, I mean, if you if if you've been doing it all the time and yeah. it's matter and whatever, but considering that the culture of yeah being a hot girl on the road, mm-hmm. you know, um, I thought that was a real bold move. And I remember I was trying to tell you like. You sure you want to do this mm. because you don't want to be there and see everybody yeah, else yeah. and then feel like you missed out or whatever. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, boy, it probably is the best. <laughs> this the best is, this is also me talking because uh, because I'm not home anymore and doing what I would normally do at home is way more expensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not like home to participate and be on the committees and whatever else. So it's all just like, it's just thousands of dollars. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Thrown away effectively, and um, and yeah, I thought like <laughs> I was supposed to ask you like how you thought it went. I mean, like, did you get photography done? Like real yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. you know, or like was it uh, uh, just a uh, uh, you know you got to sell your costume, so you just yeah. saved money or yeah? You know, I mean, for one, the, like when I was making the decision to sell the costume, you have a what? A call. No, you want to take oh. a picture. Will you take a picture? Oh, yeah, we'll take a picture after. No, I was asking, I was asking if I could put, like, actually put it up. And, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, want to, yeah. um, let me get you up here as well. Oh, good. Oh, look, she has the thing. Look, she has the tripod. You have to, right. I'm just about to say that white token. Yeah, white token needs to have a better position. Your camera looking a little... Broken went through something. <laughs> <laughs> I only seen it. That's so funny. Definitely broken, but yes. Yeah. It's working. God, now I'm like, 
self-conscious. Yeah, here on my bad side and too. So same. I'm not going to look like shit anyway. We're um, supposed to switch. But yeah, after, so when I was making the decision to, like, now in retrospect, I'm like, this is not a that big of a deal. You know, it's kind of ridiculous that I had to think about doing this as well. But when I was making the decision to sell the costume, it was kind of like, it was a big decision because, you know, you have this real group chat and you spend all year kind of planning yeah. your carnival and talking about your costume yeah. and what you're going to wear and what fits you're going and blah, blah, blah. And then it was kind of like, oh God, this is something I've been looking forward to for a long time and to sell it. But at the end... To be honest, I find it ridiculous how much money we spend for carnival costumes. I mean, I mean, yeah, is essentially you wear anything for a day. <laughs> <It's supposed to> be... <laughs> and yeah, I get it. You're paying for security. You're paying for bar. You're paying it, for but they food, say they're paying, paying for the experience. You're not really experience. paying for the costume. You're paying for yeah. drinks for two days straight, yeah. and then the food and everything else is Which supposed to come. And it's still supposed to be paying for the experience, but there's a lot yeah, to pay yeah, for yeah. next. And I'm sorry, but yeah, you're paying for the experience. But you know, my friend bought a backpack. For six hundred US dollars, yeah, for feathers that yeah, you're wearing once. Backpack being the, the, the um, of the wings, yeah, and then you're hanging it up on your wall, you know. And I'm like, six hundred US dollars too much. I completely agree with yeah. you personally. I mean, I mean, like, I know I would have benefited from like the extension of being on committees earlier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, for example, I was with fantasy entice i mean i might have to yeah. i think i might have to cut this one out at some point too <laughs> <laughs> nah you can like, call yeah. names they're not here we're yeah. not no but like with, with entice like it was entice like, doesn't exist anymore no nah, it doesn't exist anymore so like with fantasy like first two years whatever real, real <laughs> good really. mm. <laughs> no because like, it was fantasy before first two years real good go on to entice and it's just like very west trinidad type vibe so yeah, like, you're I'm not i'll go there even remotely I'd never make that move. I find you real good. <laughs> because I was already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, you, you heal everybody you know already and then I would spend like one hour kind of on Monday morning and then go across into Yuma and then check out Tribe at some point and just like keep bouncing around. Mm-hmm. And like, because I had my entice band, like no, I've never got checked. Like, yeah, I mean, ever, as long as you have a band, you really chill. Like I just kept doing that and then entice stopped being a thing and I'm like, I'm not going to to play mass and like first of all like, i actually have the mindset of yeah. i think mass is just to go on the road i'm making my own pants because i'm not buying pants i'm not asking people to give me their pants or if i can get a pants or a band mm-hmm. i could probably you're get making, it but making your own pants yeah so like the last this year i had um with the brand more or less that i have mm-hmm. i would have sketched the like sketch what I wanted to put on the front of the pants, then put the I paint. I guess so. You doing? Yeah, you did. You painted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah pants and, then, and then painted the, the yeah. front of it. Yeah. Look, Apparently, there's a band where um, where it's like you pay for the wristband. It's like three thousand TT or something, which is like I don't know how much that is in euros. What? Three thousand. Oh, three thousand TT. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's like five hundred euros. Yeah. Probably. And um, but yeah, you, which is still a lot, right? But it's for two days. It's essentially a festival ticket, mm-hmm. and um, you pay for the wristband, but everybody wears what they want to. So you could wear old carnival costumes. You could DIY your carnival costume, and I was mm. like, this is a kind of cool concept because it brings back the old yeah vibe of what carnival used to be. Like I used to, me and my girls used to make our costumes all the time for carnival, and um. Um, I mean, yeah, that is a real cool. But concept. yeah, but yeah, the um, I think that the carnival costume is worth it. But in the sense of when you see it as like, I wouldn't do it every year. I feel like it's mm-hmm. for for Caribbean women. It's kind of like your wedding dress. I see this all the time. Yeah. It's like you have this thing when you're a kid. You know, you're always looking forward to being a big woman and having your first carnival costume and looking pretty on the road and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that investment is worth it for like 
the one-time experience that you really treasure. Mm -hmm. But this kind of threw in money at Carnival every single year. But here's my, here's my thing, because I have a lot to say about this after going home this time. I mean, yes, it was Carnival after the pandemic. It was, it was definitely not the mother of all Carnivals. Um, it was, yeah, it was, I don't want to use the word disappointing, but I'll say it was a little disappointing in a lot of sense because I thought mm. that, I mean, I know people out of practice and it was real hectic in certain mm. ways, but first, my first point, my first criticism of modern carnival, Jouvet has been pinpointed as the as the peak experience as a Trinidadian, right? We love Juve as a concept, right? But then what happens is that every single promoter, every single brand now wants to do a Juve concept mm -hmm. all year round. And then what happens is we covered in paint and powder for all these experiences. It's supposed to be the best. We have such a good time. Okay, cool. But then when Carnival comes around, do you know how many people are now soccer, which is a big event, a big party that... Other than getting dirty, is has nothing to do with Juve, and they're like they now they throw any party on Sunday, and then so now nobody's doing mm -hmm. Juve anymore because they say, well, I'm going to soak it. Don't make yeah, sense again. Yeah. You know? I, I was really annoyed. like that's one my big regret from this last carnival because I live for Juve. Like I could. I don't even need the pretty mass if I just could go for Juve and then maybe go on the road for a little two hours during the pretty mass, you know. But the the photography thing, a lot to go back to your question, a lot of pros for sure, but the biggest con is like yeah, yeah. you have to be on the road with your expensive equipment at yeah, yeah. a very early hour on Monday morning and yeah. it's like you're not going to go from Juve, go home, beach. Like if I'm playing yeah. mass, I'll go Juve, go home, beach, change, go on the road, already fucked up, but it's fine. It's Carnival Monday. You just refine no, no. the energy, you know, but you're not yeah. going to do it as a photographer. But I feel like I might have to find a loophole yeah. to do both because um, when you're doing the photography, I only did photography half the day, which was a big blessing because I was doing it like specifically for, you know, my group of people. And so I did it from like nine in the morning until lunchtime. And then after lunchtime, I would drop off my camera and then have the rest of the evening to party, which is kind of like best of both worlds, right? Yeah. Plus... If you have a camera in your hand, you're like VIP. Hmm. They let you yeah, go. Yeah, you know, yeah. I cross yeah. the stage like 10 times. Yeah, yeah. And nobody's like batting an eye. You know what I mean? The security, because you know, the securities are real intense. Like nobody gets your security. They're building a wall. You come with your there? camera and they're like, here you are, ma'am. <laughs> right along this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so your camera's a key for sure. You feel kind of bite up. Yeah. 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 It's nice. And, and these shots are nice. I mean, it's... I mean, photographers fly in from all over the world to photograph carnival, mm. right? Except the one problem with the photos, and we spoke about this on the last podcast, is everybody has their phone up all the time. They're yeah. like, it's ridiculous. It. That's the next yeah. point. So after the fact, we rinse in our Juve, yeah. right? And our Juve is not a thing because Juve was just dead this year. Nobody yeah. came out. Really? So many, this for the first time in my life, like none of my friends played Juve. I was like, mm. what? How? You yeah, know? but because they're all, I mean, the girls at least, they're all going to, you know, hair and makeup from three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but so there's been no time doing, for juve. They've been doing, yeah, but they've been doing it their whole life, right? This juve into bathe, into yeah. hair and makeup. Yeah. They've been doing it their whole life. Yeah. But now they've had this experience for the rest of the year. How many times? So they're like, this is not special anymore. I don't mm. need to do this. I could cut this out. Mm -hmm. And then especially if I just go to this other party that's now just as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? We did that and last carnival. We went to Ambush. 
yeah. instead of juve. Yeah. But it's like juve, you know, all these parties that are kind of juve-ish parties. But it's not the rawness and never. the realness of what juve is. Yeah, you're you supposed know? to be in the streets you wanna of You want to be on the road, you want to be walking past the sprangers at the side of the road, you know? <laughs> you want to be on the road. You want to be I, jumping up on somebody's wall, getting on mad, having paint yeah, up there. The, the walls. The walls. The walls. The walls. The walls. Yes, I didn't stand up on one wall this carnival. The walls. Kind of like, in, the I infrastructure of the port of Spain. And it's just like, been. nobody, nobody did it. It was so, it was, I was shocked. Yeah. Because I was, you know, I was always a man to say, same thing as you. Like, I love Juve and, and, mm. and. I don't know if I could say I'd, I'd do it instead of Pretty Mass, but I feel like it definitely was something I would never miss. I yeah, would never yeah. say I'm going to skip Juve, right? Yeah. And then this year was just, what is this? Nobody came out. And I, why? Because Stink and Dutty, Soka 1, and then Soka 2. And then it's like, I don't know, Trinidad, you're killing, you're killing it, Dredd. You're so killing it. Big you know? Like in O2. In January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh. then it, so the street is the one yeah. like the outside yeah. So it's just, yeah. it's just absolutely killing the culture. Yeah. And then the next thing that had me thinking, what, what do we do about this? Is that I love how proud we are of our culture. I love that we love to share what we're doing. And that we, we feel in ourselves in that moment, on that day. And we want to capture the experience. To an extent. We also just want thing for social media. We understand that. But it's like every single peak moment on the road, and I am playing with what is supposed to be the peak band in this country that's supposed to have the peak carnival. You Pat know, down yourself. And then, yourself. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know? But <laughs> but every time there's a, a peak moment. Everybody has their phone in their yeah. hand. On the stage, you're crossing the stage. The reason I had to cross the stage damn. 10 times because I was like, I can't get a shot without a phone inside of the picture. Damn. You know what I mean? And if it's like two people don't have their phones, everybody behind them have phones up. I had to. And I if you're crossing s- the stage, dog, cross the stage. Damn, cross the stage. And that is why I feel like that move that you made to not play mass in costume, to mm-hmm. be on the road as a photographer, as a, as well, yeah, as a, as an artist. Mm-hmm would definitely be a more fulfilling experience yeah, at this stage because now, I mean, as a man, we barely do have a, we, we run no costume, first of all, right? There's no costume as a man. So I, there's nothing for me to miss out in terms of costume, first of all. I mean, they have right? some. They have some. If you're playing Lost Tribe, I mean, yes, you can make an effort if you really want to, but in terms of what you're getting yeah. for what you're paying for mm-hmm. the package, you know what I mean? And it'll count. I, I mean, it's barely anything and, and it's not as, you know, that's just the culture anyway, right? But it's just like the... The the experience of mass, especially crossing the stage growing up, they had no phones. You're crossing yeah. the stage, you're crossing the stage, and everybody is hype as shit on the Everybody's now, present. Everybody's like everybody's hey, dancing present. with each other, but like you're making eye contact with the people we are already, on the stage with. We already diverted so much from the original culture, which is that we're not crossing the stage. We now have the soccer drone for all the mm-hmm. bands that are not judging, right? So okay, you're not past you're not part of the competition. You're not judging, so you just want to cross the stage for the cultural sake of it, right? So now we have a whole new point just for those bands, right? For those bands that don't want to judge, they just want to whatever. But then why are we crossing this stage if we're not like, I don't know, present? (laughs) It sounds kind of weird, but why are we not present while we're crossing the stage? Why are we? And it just becomes a big show for the photographers and who wants to get. And yeah, I get it. I mean, 
I get it to an extent. You know what I mean? Like you want to be captured. Yeah, in but the it, moment. it becomes like it, it it shifts from you know capturing the moment to creating a moment for the sake of capturing it. Yeah, yeah, that is ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah, literally hit the nail on the exactly. head with that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, exactly. Like you're I was not, actually not the amount it. of and times I like, dropped my camera, not dropped it, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. Down because I was so frustrated because I was like, this is not carnival. How I'm accustomed to carnival. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's no moment to capture anymore because the moment is. So, as soon as you pull your camera it's out, fake. it's too fake. And you know, I had the same experience, which is um, uh, a separate experience, but the same like moment which is when i was shooting a documentary my first ever and first and only documentary that i shot at home right and it was showing the behind the scenes of the production leading up to the band launch for carnival so it's around august time and it's only photo shoots and everything and i wanted to capture everything that goes into launching um the band right so I wanted to capture the rawness and the frustration and the the everything that you don't see mm-hmm. on the promo videos mm-hmm. and the promo pictures, mm-hmm. right? And I'd never forget that. So I'm going around. I wasn't operating the camera. I was directing the, the, the guy who was um, taking the shots. So I'd be like, yeah, we're going to capture this. We're going to come here. We're going to want this. Get us on or whatever. It was great. I had such a great time. But one of the main points that made it frustrating is that every time we pointed the camera to a model, because we are backstage, you are not in front of the lights. You are sitting down and you're pissed because you're up since three. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't eaten anything because you're trying to mm-hmm. be skinny or whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm sure they and, would go. Yeah, I don't want and to. And as soon as the camera goes <laughs> on them, the back straightens, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, how are you? How are you feeling right now? And they're all like, oh, I love working with Tribe. It's always such a great experience. And I was like, Dan, this be is real. not a promo video. I and like, I just want to hear how yeah, you're feeling. Yeah. Like, tell me that you're tired. Tell me that you're frustrated. Tell me what time you got up. You know, and I have to like get it mm. out of them, you know, because as soon as they see the camera, you know, then they have to put on the best. Yeah. Right. But I tried to do this yeah. when I was home. I had the same thought. Like I was shooting the girls before carnival, right? Like yep. the, the 3 a.m. We're doing the last bit of gemming and beading and, you know, tired, hair wrapped up, looking ratchets and stuff. And they don't really want me to use that because they're like, this is yeah. not what This is exactly is. how yeah. my friends feel about yeah. Like I'm that friend who... Like, oh God, what are you recording for? What, yeah, what yeah, you could yeah, really yeah. be recording on? And everybody asked me to send them things months yeah. or years after the fact like literally my type yeah. of like i record things so like i would be on the road but like i also am recording so like i can't necessarily knock anybody for it yeah. but i do it in a way where like, i step away from everybody while i'm seeing everybody else yeah. like properly you do in, it, you in do the it moment. intentionally and yeah. consciously enjoying and themselves like literally they could not be could not care about anything less and I'm just like you really was real yeah. good I made a comment I was like Adrian really was real good I'm sure <laughs> people are being like you see this this is a real mm-hmm. so you're supposed to do it yeah, yeah. Well, no, I appreciate that yeah. yeah but like literally that is just I, I would step away and then be like yeah this is a this is yeah. a moment to capture yeah. and like I'm enjoying capturing this yeah I get that but it's authentic and it's yeah. organic like there's an actual moment it's happening not, exactly it's not me going on stage and saying yeah yeah you there's no pulls in stand up in front of the Stand in front of the security. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, security yeah. Lock, like, yeah let me get the security lock behind you. Yeah, you hit him the, the ponytail with the, in front of the security. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the shot there. 
like not those I just genuinely just like it continuing yeah and it's so hard to do document because I love documentary that's kind of what my degree was in and and that's what I I I pursued and those are the shots I took for my thesis and I love documentary in in every sense I always think that um those are the best shots those are the coolest shots you know what I mean real moments real you know those are the most powerful moments Mm -hmm. to capture but it's so difficult now that we live in like we're counting everything not in like I don't know, not like not like the moment was good or the quality of the time. We're counting it in likes and comments or yeah, what this could yeah, get and how many yeah. flame emojis this is going to get. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then you put everybody in like <laughs> the best shape of the year, mm-hmm. you know, half naked on the road. And in colors like, and patterns. In colors and patterns. And they're looking good. You're looking yeah. good, shit. You're looking good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm happy. I'm proud. I'm, I, I love this culture. I love to mm-hmm. see it. I love to see everybody having a good time. And this is what carnival is. You know what I mean? And... I can't say this is not what carnival is. Um, and we love it like this. this is, is we, we love, love it. This is carnival. what we love. We but love the beauty and we love the the extraness. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, we I have find, these days yeah, just, to just be extravagant and look but gorgeous. It, I found myself going to. I had to tell some of my friends because we had this cart. Mm. The people leading this cart are the um, supposed to be like leading the charge of this band. You know mm. what I mean? And every time it's a good moment, and like y'all all have your phones in your hand and taking a selfie and I was like I like went up to them and I was like I was like all oh, you need to put your phones away dread everybody's mm-hmm. trying to take videos of y'all like because this moment is supposed to be centered around the like the masqueraders the, 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 the masqueraders and the visual and everybody's trying to take a video of y'all right now everybody who's not playing mass yeah. is trying to capture you playing mass and you too busy capturing yes, what sir. you consider to be your own good angles. Yeah. And it's just destroying the whole thing. Because then nobody's... Yeah, because then you just... Every good moment that comes up, you're like, where's my phone? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what to do. I, I start thinking of silly things like a phone basket or something. You know what I mean? Like like everybody... Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody. Oh, here, like what, what... I mean, I have to like big up my friends and them because I think the girls who I was on the road with, they really... Um, I mean, they're carnivalistas, right? They live and die for carnival. But they didn't pull out their phone at all. And they made the decision to hire a photographer, you know, to capture everything for them so that they don't have to be pulling out their phones. And that's a smart move. Like, yeah, not everybody could afford a photographer or something. But, you know, maybe you have a friend where you could be like, we'll pay for the band so you could be part of it and do what I did and do, you know, this person takes the pictures but, but until nobody's, lunchtime. Nobody's saying don't take pictures, you know. But, you know, it's like, it's like you, could, you could take your selfies, but it's like, it just was killing Limited, every yeah. moment. Every single, like, like, I mean, yeah, I get it to an extent. This is what, this is what we do now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is the flex now. But, oh God, it completely, mm-hmm. I have to say, Dredd, it just, there were so many moments that were so special and I... Yeah. And I, I yeah. And you just want to share it. You want to hug up your friend and like mm. make the eye contact and have that yeah, kind of right. moment. And of like, so many, life, you know? so many times I turned around and it's just like they're busy. <laughs> and then you know, you know, you're taking 500 pictures and you're not using all of them, Jed. So yeah. you're taking so much pictures for yeah. us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, the carnival costumes are getting more expensive and more expensive, so they have yeah. to get the shot. It's like you have to get it in before you get the shot. But at the same time, up, I feel like it's a kind of a, I mean. It's kind of a product of what the photographers that we have with bands. It's and true. It's a lot of the, a product of people being it's true. left out or feeling left out. Mm. And I mean, like I know most people might not agree with this, but 
I find photographers should all be focusing on everybody and yeah. not just the hot girls. Hot girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not I tried to do that. Carnival. That was part of my thing when for carnival. I was like, True. let me try to get everybody and show all these shapes and sizes. Yeah, but like even say like, I mean, okay, yeah, not just women alone because I mean, it's have plenty of fellows who yeah. have most personality on the road. And mm-hmm. they're well enjoying themselves, but like you're not getting captured for yeah. having personality. But the economy of photography yeah. in Trinidad is based on hot girl. Yeah. yeah. The photographers hot, that have hot the fellas, most, you know, the guys I mean, with the most with the abs and the the long. I mean, no, but that's the thing. You don't see fellas on the. Like, you don't really see fellas. You don't see fellas in any pictures for mass Any pictures. Like I know, like that Walker, for example, Walker would take pictures of of. Um, I saw so many pictures from Holy. Where well, I've been saying Holy Pagwa. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like he, all the faces are Pagwa, all the faces are Mars. Yeah, Walker, he now got yeah. into photography and yeah, I've seen him. Like, pretty well. Yeah, and, and, and he's, doing a, he's doing a good job of, of, of capturing the energy and good energy. And mm. I found a photographer, I don't think he's based in Trinidad, I think he's like out of LA or something. But he he took fantastic pictures, like really like like fantastic pictures that made you feel like, wow, this looked like a great experience. Mm-hmm. And it's so different from, yeah, all the rest of the photographers that are just taking pictures of the hot girl pulling her ponytail mm. in front of the security and who wants to stand up and pose in front of the... I mean, yeah, okay, you could take that picture too, but like you like you basing your whole photographic journey of carnival... Yeah, you're not, you're not doing on, any storytelling about carnival. On yeah. portraits yeah. of attractive people yeah. so that you could get more likes so they share mm-hmm. it so you get more and then it's like what is this what are, like it's mm-hmm. uh, what is this gonna boil down to in 10 years is what i'm thinking and i'm i feel like in 10 years if, at this rate carnival is just going to be a bunch of like fake smiles the stage yeah. is barely going to be a stage it's just going to be like essentially a runway yeah. you know what i mean it's going to be like lined with photographers and nobody's actually like having a good time everybody's like because that's what when, when you what come off the now. stage everybody's ripping it ripping their costumes off because yeah. they're like i right, well hope i got it you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. yeah everybody's like, dropping their backpacks yeah it's, which is kind of nice too i like i kind of like carnival after stage for the for the purpose of nobody's taking pictures anymore like that's when people really start to party. I like monday <laughs> like monday <laughs> exactly but that's why i like tuesday afternoon too yeah. everybody's like kind of done with their moment no, the makeup running is not a big deal because yeah, they don't have any the superficiality kind of melts away and, and that is what's and good about juve and that back. is what that is what i loved about juve is that the fact that we're so we're so disgusting yeah. nobody Roll. cares hmm. you know nobody cares you know so hmm. it just brings out like the the, the best in in you Maybe. wanting to have fun the nasty the better the picture looking anyways so. exactly yeah. mm-hmm. but then we want to we want to kill it and do this like every single Everything in summer and in Christmas and in all the things. We mm. want to have like six and seven jewelry parties and it's everything you want. Yeah. Paint, water, powder, pop, pop, The same thing with mud. Mud pissed me off because in Tobago, like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess you all have mud in Trinidad too. But that to me is like, as a teenager, you're going to play mud. And when we had juve, everybody was supposed to do mud after juve. That's how you do it. You do juve and then you do mud. And yeah. we walked all the way. Walked all the way. But mud is like, you have a mud truck. People jumping up behind the mud truck. You're pelting mud. is on the road. Yeah. Mm. We walked all the way. This one hour walk, it felt like, to reach mud. And it ended up being a fet that you have to pay to go inside. And I'm like, why yeah. would I go and stand up inside an enclosed area to play mud? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I feel like there's some, there must, <laughs> there must be some, because there are the countercultural 
missions like Lost Tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, shouts to Valmiki and Lost Tribe for winning Ban of the Year, for doing anything right, for doing anything proper, and really preserving carnival culture and going against it has to well it, it's counterculture at this point because that's definitely not the not the majority or the mainstream mm. you know what i mean and it makes me wonder like what can we do to kind of push back on what carnival is now and what mm. you said just now but like you pay like for to wear whatever you want mm. you know because if you were to do that right Nobody's gonna come. Nobody's gonna come in jeans and sneakers. You know? Yeah. People will will make an effort. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, imagine, uh, if you were to have a section where you could dress how you want, mm-hmm. people will. People the people who buy into it, people will get creative, yeah. and that would, yeah. It's people who used to make their carnival costumes and go on the road anyways back mm-hmm. in the day, you know. Yeah. And then there's also because another thing I was thinking about is the sustainability, like the amount of garbage we produce as a nation yeah, of carnival yeah. is really not like yeah, unacceptable to be honest you know yeah, and we do it every year and like i know a lot of you know carnival costumes get recycled like a lot of feathers get recycled and and beads and stuff but still we're true we're wearing a costume and then it's in your cupboard for years to come yeah, yeah. and um but this idea of like why not rewear your costume i think they do it in london as well for certain parties and stuff mm-hmm. just makes sense to me you know or you could reuse pieces and, and build your own costume out of yeah. what you already had. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the one, one of the good things about Last Jam. Mm. And personally, I was never... Although, like, yeah, it would be great to, like, you know, you're going to party again. What was Last Jam? I was going to Saturday post-Ash Wednesday party. Yeah? Is that what you mean? That's, that, that's the thing. Like, I... Once Ash Wednesday hit... <laughs> that's it. Yeah, energy done. Not, not energy done. Like, I could honestly go, but... Oh. And but not doing this is not the same. That yeah. is... That is, that is my final point that I forgot to say that I bitch about a lot, is that I also would always not party like it's carnival after Ash Wednesday because mm-hmm. culturally that is the whole point. The yeah. whole point of carnival yeah. is to go mad before Ash, Ash Wednesday. Wednesday. The whole, the reason why you are giving it your all on Monday and Tuesday is yeah. because it ends after Wednesday. Yeah. Whether you're fast or not, that is where it came from. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... That, not just Monday and Tuesday, the all the weeks before Monday the and Tuesday. Point, as well. Exactly. The point was, so that's what it, before yeah. it was Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And then over time it progressed to <laughs> Boxing Day forward. Yeah. Right? So now we have months of this. And these fets, a lot of them are arguably basically the same thing as mm-hmm. Carnival. And then now we go into Carnival. And then now we reach Ash Wednesday and then it's pump Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like like I don't know, Dread. I feel like we have your moments we overdoing mm-hmm. it right? yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and I, I mean I don't know if I sound like an old man saying it but yeah. I just find like we overdoing it and then yeah. it's just and I, I also just feel kind of dre- I mean the fetting before carnival you see the wake up in the morning go to a breakfast fed go to an evening fed go to a breakfast fed go to an evening fed like we days building up like we all had this yeah. plan and we're like hmm. I mean I get it yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean I get it yeah, the um the the fets before, especially if you're coming from abroad, is kind yeah. of your warm up. You know, you you you're getting to know the soccer. You're loosening your waist. Yeah, man. I mean, I understand, um, but that. it don't need to be five. You know, it could be three. It could be two. Yeah, and it could be so I could enjoy them. The amount, yeah. literally, the amount that we just said. Mm, I know if I'm making this one, you know, yeah. forget that and just call it off. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, that's kind of what was the like amount of the or, amount of ones I went to just because I had a ticket. Where I woke up in the morning and I was like, if I didn't pay for this ticket, all it was finding me because Chinese as a culture, we like to overdo. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's okay, but I feel like you all want something to chase. Yeah, <laughs> I just chase with a little coffee. I don't know. I mean, a coffee while you talk. A coffee, wait, wait. Yes, if you put our next coffee in here, this will actually go down real good. I'm gonna draw that right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but have some oranges. I just feel like, yeah, we of course we're overdue culture, and it's what we are accustomed to, and that's that. You know what I mean? But I feel I don't know. Every carnival that comes up, I just seen it like the corners are being cut in terms of the culture. It's all just slanting towards profits. Mm-hmm. All slanting towards who can make more money, mm-hmm. and then it's 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 all slanting towards content. All slanting towards content, and it's all and to add on that, like personally, I, I still even find the majority of the content is that creative. Or, exactly, or, dread. Like you said, how many pictures of the, the ponytail in the hand am I gonna look it's at? All of that and for what, it's, dread? It's, it's is the, the same, same picture, dog? Shots. You're doing the same Every thing year, over and over year, after yep. year in a different costume. What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's not even that great. Not <laughs> <laughs> You're not producing award-winning photos. It's the same girl pulling a ponytail in front of the security dread. Every, like, over and over. Like that. I mean, and, like, I feel like it's also a chance for, for us to allow different spheres to take the spotlight in terms of, okay, like, this is carnival time, then you have another period as... Say, for example, I was always, like, a big advocate for, for Calypso and the re... Mm-hmm. Mm. Revitalization mm. of Calypso. That's one thing about some of these soca songs this year. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear little elements of um, like long live soca. Mm-hmm. You know, little elements of Calypso coming back into it yeah. with, the, with the with the instruments and stuff. I mean, I also comment on that just now too. But like for example, like I because my father's like very like typical old school West Indian. It was he big on his Calypso, so it was always like Calypso. Like I'm forced to listen to it from a young age. <laughs> So like, no, yeah, that's so like, I mean, he played it in the house. I have no <laughs> choice but to listen to it too. And some of them, you realize that, hmm, this kicks in all this. I like this vibe. But like, if yeah. this was done in a modern way, like, it's also you're able to do it in a modern way. Like, you, like, Calypso is just the main problems. It's not enough exposure. It's poorly recorded, most of it. And what you think about, like, imagine if, imagine if there was like a genre, like a, like the Calypso format, right? So historically, Calypso was um, to, was political and social commentary, right? That was the whole point, and that's why it was always and it was always like heavy, you know, human, you know. It either went super activist or super funny, you know what I mean? Um, but it would, that was always the point. So I mean, soca is not that. Soca yeah. is wine and jam, mm-hmm. and that's the end of it. So maybe because I think people don't listen to Calypso because is you're playing you're playing music that was big in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. as as far as jazz and and modern jazz you know went at that time mm-hmm. and nowadays i mean not the people not into jazz but i think that soca was a little more modern so yeah. what do you think about maybe having a new calypso because like men like men who coming out with this new calypso allegedly just singing the same kind of wine and jam but just more like sweet man thing you what do you think is for you like what so this is the question you think about what makes soca more modern because if you think of it i mean reproduction reproduction so you look at soca's production it is a bit more 
polished. Artificial, I would say. So I don't know yeah, the exact yeah. terms, but it's less, yes, more electronic. Less instrumental. Well, it's definitely going. It's definitely yeah. going in that direction. Right. But in terms of just equality of the production, because nobody's actually producing Calypso. Like there's no. That, Cal- but that's my point. There's no Calypso record coming out. Mm. Exactly. So if Calypso is also better produced in this day and age, two, if the lyrics also reflected what is interesting and what people want to hear, or like something, like I always make the the um the reference to. Uh, to salsa in Cuba, for example, that's also a form of always a form of music that Cubans would sit down on the, the porches. They had nothing to do. You pick up your cuatro, you sit down with your friends. You have three cuatros, and it's just you playing, and you're just having fun. You're drinking rum, and you're just making up things as we go along. Parang is like this to an extent, but it's limited to Christmas time alone, and it's limited to about Christmas music and only drinking rum, which is also has its own. It's all limitations. And a bunch of sexual innuendos. Well, yeah. But, I mean, Cal- but that, is with, well but well that is with Soka Parang that kind of came Soka in, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's the thing. And Soka Parang became, took Parang and then Soka fired it. Just yeah. made it, yeah, wine and jam again. Yeah. You know? Like, like my mom, for example, like her entire family is... Um, my father's pa- family pa- is pa- well. They're all Paranderos, yeah. So San Jose Serenades is my mother's family, like and mm-hmm. all of them. And they all grew up with that. And like I got it from extension, so it's like when I went me here in Soka Parang, like I genuinely have not, like I know most people would hate would hate to hear that, but like I hate it the majority of it. Mm. Um, I'm not calling names, but it's not my cup of tea just because it's just it's, I don't think it's creative. I don't think it's original. I don't think mo- like most of those things. No, I mean. I think, like, as far as humor goes, I think it, they can get creative with it, with it, with it, sexual innuendos or whatever. But in terms of, like... Yeah, Baron and, and Scranton and her. Yeah, 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 but... but yeah. <laughs> in the yeah, last but, 15 years, I mean... It's true. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Soka kind of took over, and then Soka became wine and jam, and then Soka infiltrated Parang, and then it became... Yeah, this is fun, because we're talking about... A dick, you know, but mm. we're singing about it aloud on the radio, and it just not a knock soca because soca has its own merits, and in, in that it was the logical progression, and it was the combination of the African and Indian heritage in terms of instruments and so on, and how it was produced, and it took a step away from mm-hmm. from um, jazz, which wasn't necessarily inherently Caribbean, um, and. So the, it does have its own merits. And yeah, in the modern world, I think everybody's now starting to go a little more electronic um, just because of the global influences, just because of the global trends in music. Um, so Soka, for what it is now, um, yeah, it's not exactly like an inspired genre. You know what mm. I mean? Once in a while, you'll have a really good one. Like I always say like Haunted. Haunted, like Marshall's track Haunted was the best soca song that has come out in the last like 10 years, I'd say. But in general, now it's kind of leaning towards dancehall, which is just like bottom and jam and whatever, which is its own thing. But exactly like Calypso and Parang having like a cultural... Because yeah, if somebody says play music from your country and I play, you know... 
start your wallet down on the floor. Then I'm going to pick it up, you know. That's not exactly like a, yeah. I think a good representation of my culture. I think it's a good representation of a point in time. It's also kind in of our calendar. Where like, I don't know what you're, but everybody here who have introduced Ahsoka hasn't really had the best response there. Like, I feel like Soka is the kind of music you need to experience the whole... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like techno. You need techno. to be there, you need to get a fetish. It's like techno. Yeah. I can't yeah. play a track and then you say, oh, this is good. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? You have to experience yeah, It's very the tied experience. to the, to the culture. It's very tied to the experience, yeah. correct. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, I, mean, like, I feel like that's m- most music. I mean, like, probably Soka is one of those where it's, you need it more with the experience, but yeah. I feel like most... Nah, music. I feel no. like hip hop. You you could yeah, Afro beats. You don't need to be like a yeah, know, like you reggae. You don't need to be reggae people. Like, no, but like, I'm not saying that you need to be in Ghana, but jazz. Like it's, but like that's the thing about Afro beats. Afro beats, I think personally, is the most versatile form of music for a variety of moods. Like mm-hmm. Afrobeats could yeah. be, you could party could to Afrobeats. Part, you could party to Afrobeats. You could Afrobeats. study to Afrobeats. You could, study, you could, you could go to Afrobeats. Go for you a walk in the park. Anything. That's true. And like, I feel like it's one of those few genres that is able to do yeah. all of that. Yeah, but it still came... I mean, I discovered Afrobeats when I was living in South Africa, like back in, I don't know, when I was 19, like 10 years ago. No, <laughs> <laughs> you say these things, like I feel like this was five years ago and then I'm like doing the maths. No, 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 this was, this was almost 10 years ago. But you know what I mean? Like, like we was vibing to Afrobeats and nobody in Europe knew it. And then all of a sudden it just kind of infiltrated the scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, last, yeah. what, it's five true. years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. of course. And then Afrobeach touched everything. Yeah. It touched every everything. Genre, everybody. And the same thing happened on the Latin side of thing. Yeah. Reggaeton made a huge comeback. Yeah. Reggaeton was big in, I mean, it's always been big in, 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 in where it was. But, weird, yeah. but like, it made a huge, like, same as Afrobeats, it came up. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that, that I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm very glad fit, you know what but I mean? But I don't see that happening with Soka. Like, Soka to well, me is something that's very tied either. to, because you know, the people who are from Trinidad and Tobago. Or who have been to, you know, the, the parties at least on yeah. the side of the world. Like we keep saying that, okay, like we don't need to push soccer to whatever extent. But there are people who obviously want soccer to get the global recognition that it deserves in whatever shape or form or format. But the songs that we make the most famous or the most played aren't the songs that are going to reach to that point. Yeah. For example, 100%. Irfanaz is... His music is soca that could be played at any point of the year, in my opinion. Like most of the songs. Yeah. I feel like the, the person who has most potential outside of the Caribbean would be Bungie. Did for you? me, as a soca artist. But one of them for sure, yeah. But that's also why I was yeah. glad that. Um, um, like I could see, I could see. Um, not long live soca. Um, hard fat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like hard fat, I could see, you know, people making edits of and shit and playing in a, in a club here. I was glad that that song won. Because yeah. of one, the authenticity with the instruments used. That is a road march. Like that song is a song. You're not marching to, um, what's it called? Nyla. Like, Nyla, you know what I mean? Like I'm swaying and dancing and hugging my friends Nyla, but it's a road march. The thing it's is, a song where I could I'm not even going to lose your mind. Join yeah. this, <laughs> I'm not going to join this debate because I think it's two different things. And my friend made a good point, right? Because with the Nyla and the, the Nyla and Skinny, it is euphoria. way yeah, more yeah, euphoric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what he told me, my friend, he pointed out that there, that there was the year Savannah Grass. No, the it was a Marshall and Destro. Um, it's carnival. It's carnival, mm-hmm. and everybody said that this is going to be road march, and it didn't win. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it the person that won that year was Fayan or something. You know, because it was a little more. 
And I mean, this is aside from everything else, but I think that people generally lean towards just pure energy mm -hmm. rather than musicality Euphoria, in yeah. terms of a roadmap. But it's not even to say, like, I love the Nylas, the um, Nylon Skinny song as well, and I feel like it does embody the Trinidad carnival spirit in its own yeah. way. But I just feel like road march has it in the name that is something that you march into on the road. <laughs> I mean, that's you know? a very literal way to look <laughs> at it. I mean, I also have this view that, okay, like, yes, there, there are two types of soca lovers. I mean, two main broad categories. And mm -hmm. that's the ones who love euphoric soca and the ones who like Power soca. whatless soca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where most of the whatless soca, you have a lot more bass in it you have a lot more um higher bpm yeah you have a lot more of the traditional instrument mm -hmm. in the soca that little bit plenty less iron. electronic plenty iron and uh, the voices on the rhythms are usually a bit more i want to say crass but a little bit more heavy mm. less melodic rough, more yeah, rough. a little bit more well rough. i think you're talking about different scene power and groovy yeah i think that's not, what yeah. not really yeah. because like so like nylon skinny song is a power song is it categorized? It's officially? definitely a power song category. BPM, okay. definitely. Right? definitely BPM. I think okay. the, the 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 main difference between groovy and power is definitely BPM. Yeah. Um, power power is what like is like ninety five on up or something like that. Um, but less than that. I mean, I mean, it depends. But as soon as it gets faster, than I think one thirty. I think one twenty is one twenty is groovy. One twenty five is groovy, and then anything past one thirty or one thirty five, and then then you start counting in half beats which is then mm -hmm. all kind of like 70 to, mm -hmm. you know but the trends of how fast the song is going are definitely like lean towards the lyrics or the person singing it and then if it's Kess it tends he Kess could real sing mm -hmm. so groovy. groovy it tends to be more groovy and then if it's power you know it tends to be because you have to speak faster because it's only so fast that you could sing you know what I mean then it tends to be Bungie and Marshall, mm -hmm. you know, but Marshall could also sing, you know. What Marshall I mean? does groovy and power. He does groovy and power, but, you know, so, I, I, but I think that the, not the problem, but looking at Soka, I think that Soka is starting to lean, Soka follows global trends, just like Trini's, right? Um, so it started getting more Afrobeatsy, um, it started getting more electronic, and I think, because of that, I will call it versatility. Because of that versatility, I think it's more difficult for soca as a genre to push forward to the global platform as a, as a, as its own thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's so very, because it's an event-based genre, it's so tied to what is trending at the moment. And it comes back to another point that I make all the time. Why are we only producing music for one point in a year? Jamaica has been Jamaica produces music for the entire like constantly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Jamaica has a bigger imprint on global music. Mm -hmm. Period. Don't you think if you want Trinidad to do the same thing that you have to produce music like that or our music all year round and not be saving it all mm -hmm. for? But we created that economy. We, we we created an economy where our artists make the most money. In those two months, our artists make the most money in those two months. Then they, they, that money carries them for the rest. Of, and then they go to the other carnivals to make more money. Yeah. But it is focused on such a short period of time instead of this is our music that we make constantly, period. Mm. And I think that that's something we need to... I think those are the two factors. The fact that it's yeah. like a event-based genre and the fact that it is an event-based genre so we want the music to be relevant 
So we follow trends. Whereas like reggaeton has been sounding like reggaeton since it's, since reggaeton. You know what I mean? I mean, like reggaeton, it is like, like reggaeton to now is a definitely a lot more electronic as well. Like you hear traditional mm-hmm. reggaeton, it sounds so much closer to dancehall, which is what it would have come out from. Mm-hmm. And it's more, it's more street, it's more um, original, it's more like like the roots of reggaeton. Like now, it's more like what is most most mainstream, most melodic, and it all it all tends to I lean mean, to that yeah. that mainstream type of sound. That okay, everybody could listen to this and vibe to this on a Saturday evening and so on. Yeah. yeah. And but the thing is if you go to like if we go back to what, what we could carry forward or, or in terms of like an original sound that could be ours because of our language and how we speak and how we f- phrase things. Calypso was Calypso and early soca was you know, as far as wheating goes, that's it. But mm-hmm. the, as as it progresses, it becomes more and more commercial leaning or it steps further and further away from that because they, we are stepping away from Calypso. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was asking you, do you think that there's a way that we can revisit Calypso? Because mm-hmm. if you look at hip-hop, if you look at boom-bap, like rap, those beats are very jazz heavy. You know what I mean? Why can't we take that same Mm -hmm. energy? It does tend to be in a different key, but we can take that same energy and do the same thing that we are doing with Calypso on that. I mean, this is something that I think about all the time and I would like to experiment with all the time. I was going to say, why can do it? Well, but I feel like I was thinking that the other day too. You know, jazz is also making a big comeback. You know, and calypso has these elements of jazz, and I would go more in that direction rather than making like I don't know soca calypso and trying to make it on a global market like that. But if we could bring back calypso by itself, you know, and go more down the roots of you know where calypso originally comes from with the the more jazzy elements of it, but talk about more modern things in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like calypso can make a, a that's a what comeback. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And to I feel like the it. world would be hungry for, like they would quicker jump on that kind of music than on soca. Yeah, because uh, for sure. Yeah. Calypso, because this this new um, new calypso, I'm gonna say it, and I was a little disappointed at, at the men who were using this term and what they were actually coming with. It was just kind of like, yeah, this is not new calypso, dog. Calypso, a big part of calypso, is commenting on the on 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 is social and political mm-hmm. commentary. This is the backbone of Calypso. If you're not singing about that, I mean, you're singing that. where Calypso came from, right? It was like our people's way of criticizing. Like, it was their their vent and their way to channel their frustrations about everything that was going on. Yeah, and you cannot just sing Caribbean pop music and call it New Calypso because you don't have anything else to call it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel that's what's been happening. You know? Shouts to the men for trying to do things different. I mean, I'm not going to call names because I'm being a little critical right now, but I feel like trying to do something different is something that I always respect. But in in terms of calling something new Calypso and in, in light of Calypso being such a dying breed, you know, 
you need to do a little more than just use the name for the sake of marketing. You know what I mean? And the thing is, they would kind of go off, Dredd. Because, like, if you look at rap or if you look at hip-hop, that's what they're doing. And they're, they're commenting on American culture in their own way. You know what I mean? That's what they're doing. So we just had to do the same thing yeah. and have it not sound like it was recorded in 1968. You know? That's yeah, all. Even you can, you know, mod- like make it a little bit more modern, change up the sound a little bit, but keep the essence of, like, what are we really talking about? We have big topics, especially in the Caribbean, especially in Trinidad and Tobago, we have big topics that need to be... That nobody's thinking about. Yeah. Like, why, why are we thinking about building a Marriott on Back Bay? Have you all heard about this? Yeah, 100%. I missed it completely. And then somebody told yeah, me, and I, I was like, Back Bay in Tobago, you know, Back Bay in Tobago? I don't know. Back Tobago Bay. is fighting a bunch of people dog, trying to build hotels. They're coming to bring resorts, and it's like, nobody's, we're not making any money off of it. The, people, the Marriott is making money off of it. The, um, the government and government, the politicians making the, money Not even the government, it. the politicians are making money off of it. We're destroying, you know, the ecosystem. Destroying We're all, destroying yeah. one of the most important surf spots in the entire Caribbean. And it's like, people are just kind of taking it as is, you know? But that's what, that's, that's our history as Korean people. We easy, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, we don't know how to protest. Why do you think we have no revolution? To me, too lazy for that. We're like, you know, things things the bad, but we're not that bad. So, you know? Protest. You know? At nine o'clock. <laughs> 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 stand real hot outside. You want me to stand up? Yeah, son, you want me to come and <laughs> walk in the hot sun? Because we're at four o'clock know? or something. <laughs> you could do a night protest, so, yeah, you know? We are punching. Yeah, yeah. It had drinks at this protest, so. You know? <laughs> That's what get people. Who bring in well, the speaker? Exactly. You had to give out and you had a free thing, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's true, but that's the, that's the thing. And I feel like the artist, and that's why music is such a a beautiful thing because you, you, because it's it's really just open expression and you don't need to, you know, you don't need to step that far away from things you're already mm-hmm. doing. You know, the arts in general, you don't need to step that far away from things yeah. you're already doing. You're already expressing yourself. But I mean, yeah. I, I just feel like, yeah, going home for carnival this rounds, I just felt like, I mean, of course, it was amazing. Of course, Carnival is amazing. And of I'll course, do it cool. again. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do it again and again and again and again, again, no matter how much yeah. I complain about it or criticize it, you know? But the fact is, is that I just see, and then I guess this is what all, like the older generation talk about when they mm-hmm. talk about it's just feathers and beads and not even mass anymore, you know what I mean? But I think I'm just seeing trends or I'm just seeing gaps that could be filled with like... Mm-hmm culture and creativity you know what i mean and i'm a little scared you know maybe i'm a little more yeah. conscious because i don't live home again you know what i mean mm-hmm. but because i guess when you go home you notice these things yeah you know i notice how much people take selfies and thing home you know because people don't really do that here yeah you know, well that's part of leaving it as part of being exposed to how the rest of the world mm-hmm. works and then you go back home and you kind of hit with the reality of this is what I used to, because you used to be part of it. You used to, you, I don't think you used to think. I was in the sauce. I was taking all the selfies. If you scroll back on my Instagram, yeah. I, I have the same stupid pictures. You know, I was taking selfies you know, right through when I go out and think, think, think. I mean, a lot of those pictures are nice pictures, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are still like, just like dumb selfies. You know what I mean? So I kind of hate when I see yeah. the dumb selfies kind of thing, but I think it just really, um, I think Berlin's culture of just, yeah, I think Berlin's culture of putting stickers on your phone and and, Mm -hmm. kind of... It is refreshing. And the rawness, the like, you know, the way people really let loose, like, dress a little bit more rugged. That's also one of the 
cultural differences I would say is most noticed when I came here. Trinidad is a I will express myself every day and my thoughts every day, no matter how crass, inappropriate mm-hmm. XYZ they are. Whereas here it's like we're all conforming to this idea of what a German should live like or what Germany is like or what Germans should be like. Not even Germans, it's just like, I mean, because Berlin is very international, right? But I feel like there's still yeah. this kind of, um, I don't know, when we're inclusive and everybody's welcome and everybody's, you know, we, we welcome different perspectives and different mindsets and mm-hmm. stuff. But then still there's kind of this code of conduct that everybody has to follow. Yeah, so, like, so that's what I mean, like on a weekly basis, like this is, this is a code of conduct, but then somehow on weekends, nothing <laughs> seems to exist in the vast majority <laughs> of, of Berliners' lives. And it's like, it's, you see something similar. I mean, I've never been to Tokyo or Japan, but like I've heard of it from, about it from several right. from people who visited. Yeah, yeah. Like you have these countries who have very similar histories. I mean, I, I mean, I'll go as far back to say, okay, both of them fought alongside each other in World War II. Both lost World War II had to restructure their societies on the whole. Both are very reserved cultures on the whole, on a, what the public sees on a daily basis. And then you go out on a weekend in both of these cultures and it's this next level of sexuality to start with, this next level mm-hmm. of human expression. I think what Japan is like the highest rate of, of porn watchers in the world or something. Really? Yeah, J- 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 Japanese men, I think, are the most horny humans that <laughs> exist from several, several statistical oh, accounts. Yeah. So it's like people who can't get access to this on a weekly basis and on a weekend or in private or in some hidden aspect is a complete other part of this other side of the spectrum yeah so then like, i want always ask myself why is this well at least since i've been here yeah and it's always compared at home and the fact that it's more open and more constant and every day and i think like the key somehow is just finding a balance between the two mm. that's what i really appreciate about here so i appreciate the I love taking pictures, videos, all of that. And like, I like the fact that I can go out and be like, hmm, I wish I had my phone, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't. So I have to get accustomed to it or I have to learn. You're, being, you're more in the moment. Yeah. You're being present. I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like I'm always in the moment yeah. regardless. Like I'm, I mean, my phones don't, don't do much to, to how I experience things because, I mean, I would take a picture of something and forget about it for however long. Mm-hmm. It's all about, I feel like, your intention, you know yeah. what I mean? yeah. Like, uh, you you can capture a lot. It's not about screen time, you know, but I think it's, like, the intention, you know, how you do things. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's I mean? probably definitely it. Yeah. And folks, I feel like... Way boy. The first Chinese... You see what happens? Yeah, we get the Chinese podcast and start drinking white too, <laughs> and then we now crack in the two and a half hour... Yeah, I feel this is our longest podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like you tell me like you... Yeah, we did crack, crack two hours, hours before. Yeah, times, yeah. I think um, this is around like where... Yeah. There's a cap. This is nuts. Thanks so much for coming on, boy. Of course. Yeah, this of was course. fun. I mean, it's always great to have someone from home here in Berlin, you know, and, exp- mm-hmm. and, and just having that, you know perspective and cultural ally yeah, yeah, yeah. as we navigate this mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's the shared experience yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah but people understand me you have any you have any final words hmm. i feel like my final words are always love and guidance you know mm. to everybody out there that's always the mm-hmm. the final words spoken for from a true <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, yeah, but he's already, he's already high, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm your, your green rascal. Yeah. I know seeing your ass coming to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. Hey, well, thanks so much for coming. Um, for sure, it will be our last podcast. Of course, anytime. With you as a guest. 100%. Mm. Nice. Easy. Thank you, Shun. Mm-hmm.